Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. All right, everybody. Good evening as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for a free rate. Quote, he's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. What a great night. For Sports Talk Radio. How you doing, Aaron Torres? Great night, except for all of our friends in Louisiana, whose season is all but over. Well, we, we could have done this two hours ago after the first quarter. You didn't have to wait till now, did you? You could have put that out on Twitter. Oh, after the first quarter? Come on. It was 6 nothing. Oh, d- after the first series, you could have put it out. Stop it. There, you know, there was some stat that they mentioned <laughs> during this game. The average yeah. Alabama score has been like, 21 to 3 after the first quarter. Unbelievable. So, so by only being down 6 nothing, I think LSU was actually technically winning as close as you can be against Alabama. The the one stat that stuck out was that uh, Tua has scored touchdowns on like 41 of 67 drives or something like Heard that. that. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, get out of here." Oh. Get, by the way, all right, good evening. Saturday night, lots to get to. If you want to get a hold of us, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at stinking genius one. I've got to say this right off the bat, Aaron. Happy birthday to my son, Shay, who turns 21 today. Wow. 21 years old. 
And I, I had to send him a text. I said, look, I love you. Happy birthday. He has a hockey game tonight. I'm keeping uh, score, you know, keeping my eye on the game. But don't do anything stupid when you get back from the game. The guys want to take him out. I go, don't do 21 shots. You remember some of the stuff you did when you were 21, hey, I bet, huh? Hey, Arnie. Yes. So that means you were like, what, 65 or 75 oh. when your son? Oh, I son. hate you. I hate <laughs> you when you do that to me. But, but you guys know when you turn 21, what some of the stuff that you did, See, I go, don't I, be a knucklehead, please. See, I, I was going to I was gonna, to do what I did when I turned 21. I was going to say <laughs> it worked out well for Arnie because when he turned 21, it was prohibition. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so he didn't have to worry about any of that, you know. So oh, it worked out wow. well. But, so, wow. So did you tell him not to hit any speakeasies like you did on your 21st birthday? Is that is that what you I, told him? I don't even know what you're talking about. Any what? Speakeasies. That's where, you know, when you were younger and, and prohibition didn't allow <laughs> alcohol in bars, yeah. you and your buddies, I know you used to sneak into that little side door down, you know, oh, wherever yes. you're Knock hanging out three in Pacific times Palisade. and get ourselves a beer and some whiskey, right? Is yep. that the way? <laughs> you need to know the password. I, I know how it went down back then. Uh, I read, I've read history books, Arnie. I, I, was, I know all about it. I, look, I trust him, but I'm like, don't. Don't do the 21 shots. Just, I go, if you've got to, accidentally spill a couple of shots on the floor. There you go. You know, come there on, you Arnie. Go. Come on, man. You what? turned 21 what? once, man. Let him have fun. Well, you can have fun without doing 21 shots, can you not? So you don't have that much faith in your son that he's going to be responsible if he goes I, out with his friends? I, let me ask the question again. Everybody on Twitter, if you want, I don't even know if I should ask this question because I can only imagine the response I'm going to get. Do you guys remember when you were 21? Because I barely do. And there's a reason why I barely do. And I don't want to have to go through it again. I got to be honest with you. Because you, because you don't remember what you did, because you had too many uh, beverages, or it was just I, that I may have had too many beverages, but that's beside. You know, your friends want to take you out. You're 21, and but you know what? It it, it was different because the drinking age uh, was 18 yeah. back then. Sure. So uh, now it's 21. But you got to understand, my son has been in Canada the last two years, where uh, I think the drinking age is like 18 or 19. Sure. So um, he could have always had beers or whatever. Uh, I just told him, be careful. I love you. Don't do anything stupid. And then I started thinking about what I did when I was 21. And I'm like, geez. I go, please tell me you're not going to do half the stuff that I did. You know what I'm saying? Does he have uh, any pizza left over to to pad his stomach when he gets (laughs) home? The the pizza's all gone. Okay. For people who don't know, your son won, what, 100 pizzas? No, no. He won uh, a year's worth of supply of pizza, which is 52 pizzas, one pizza a week. Or you can get 52 pizzas in one week. <laughs> it's your choice. And he used up the whole 52 pizzas with, with a couple of parties. So the pizzas are done. That's, wow. That is gone. <laughs> Uh-oh. So he has nothing to pad his stomach with. So, so, But yeah. he had a game tonight, though. So they'll get home right. late. They'll get home like 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning. So hopefully everybody will be tired. And, uh, and that will be it. But look, we got a lot to get to. Because Alabama, up uh, now, 29 nothing over LSU. I, I got to tell you something. It's killing me to even, be, I'm being honest, killing me to watch this game. I've got to flip over to the Oklahoma-Texas Tech game, which is so much more enjoyable. But Alabama got out to the early lead. And even at 6 nothing. And, and I was kind of joking around, Aaron, when I, I said, you know, you could have said this was over at the first quarter. But not really. Even at 6 nothing. 
unless LSU was going to come up with the monster plays or things were going to turn drastically bad for Alabama or that Tua was going to get seriously hurt like he did on that one play where he was hit after the whistle, um, it was going to be all Alabama. The difference between Alabama and LSU, and we're talking about what the number one and the number three team in the country, is like night and day. I've never seen the disparaging uh, between number one and the rest of the field it's absolutely incredible. Alabama's head and shoulders the best team in the country. Yeah, well, I do think they're the, the head and shoulders above everybody else. I, I do wonder, was LSU a little bit overrated because they beat Georgia, Clemson coming on strong, Michigan coming on strong, but I don't disagree with the notion that Alabama is head and shoulders above everybody else. And it's crazy because, obviously, Alabama's playing well defensively, but I think the thing that I've been thinking about these last couple weeks is Alabama, look, they've won all these national championships. They're always in this position this time of year. But what's different, what makes it feel so different is the presence of Tua. I mean, it has always been kind of this deal where it's like, okay, they're going to have a great defense and they're going to have to eke out, you know, 14, 17, 21 points to beat you. And now they got the number one offense in college football. So I am not uh, in any disagreement with you, Arnie, on the fact that they do feel unbeatable because now you have that potent offense that can score seemingly on any play of the game with that defense as well. All right, and by the way, just a little quick note. I know nobody's really paying attention to this, and it doesn't look like they're going to need him. Um, But when Tua got hit and he had to come out for a game, they had to bring in the third stringer. I guess they said Jalen Hurts was available for action. Did you see the video of Jalen Hurts before the game? It wasn't even close. If they would have put him on the field, I think there should have been a major investigation because this guy isn't like even 20%. He could have got himself seriously hurt if he would have gotten to a game like this. Oh, absolutely. I did see the video. And I, I think it told you everything that you need to know that when Tua did get banged up, had to come out for one play, they went to the third stringer. I think his name's Mac Jones. But uh, thankfully for, for Bama, I don't even know if it's thankful because they didn't need him, but uh, they, they did not have to turn to Jalen Hurts. It looks like they are going to close out this game. It's now 29 nothing with about four and a half minutes to go. And it has been every bit, for people who are in the car, it has been every bit the dominating performance that Alabama always seems to put up in these high-profile games. Do they? We talked about this, what was it, about two, three weeks ago, and I asked you then. I said, is this all Nick Saban, or do they just have better better 22 players plus some or, or better 50 players plus some than every other team in the country, that it's not even close, that even the number one team in college basketball is going to lose two, three, four, five times during the course of a year, and that's if they're dominant. I mean, this is unbelievable, the streak that Alabama's on. Is it all Nick Saban, or their players are just, there's only like 50 great players in college football, and they're all on Alabama. Well, let me flip it to you, Arnie, because I told you a few weeks ago, I said I thought it was all Nick Saban, and yes. you kind of said, well, you know, I don't know. But my thing is this, Arnie, is that first of all... It can't be all Nick Saban, but go ahead. Well, here's my thing. All these schools, all these top schools, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, LSU, Georgia, they all recruit great athletes. Because of these big TV deals, because of the ticket sales, they all have plenty of money on strength and conditioning, nutrition. Uh, You know, I was looking at this today with Ohio State. Both of Ohio State, forget Urban Meyer salary, both of Ohio State's coordinators make over a million dollars a year. So everybody has access to the same things strength and conditioning-wise, meal-wise, assistant coaching-wise, as Alabama does. The one difference between Alabama and everybody else is that they have Nick Saban. So I would ask you, I know a couple weeks ago you didn't buy that notion, 
But what is the difference? Because everybody else has the same opportunities like like Alabama does, yet they're the one that seems to always So be, if be you're telling me the players are not head and shoulders better than you're telling me Nick Saban is so much smarter than everybody else, is, is so much uh, a better coach uh, than an Urban Meyer, uh, than, a, than an Orgeron, than anybody that he goes up against, that he is just head and shoulders better than everybody else? Is, is that what you're telling me? I mean, it's hard. I mean, here's the thing. Because I, I, I'm a Dolphin fan, and I'll just stop there. Right? Because I don't know where that genius was when he was out in Miami. Well, it doesn't always. It always doesn't always translate from one level to the other. I mean, you know, could and this is a great hypothetical. Could Bill Belichick have the success that he's had in the NFL at the college level? No, he, because nobody would want to go play for him because exactly. they'd be afraid, afraid of his attitude. <laughs> yeah, I could. I would love to see him on the couch talking to mom and dad uh, about the. Uh, you know, academic programs and all that stuff. But so, it, you know, I get it. Look, Saban didn't work out in the NFL. But by the way, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, but weren't they his first year, weren't, or maybe it was his first or second year, weren't they like within a game or two of the playoffs and all the Drew Brees stuff? Right. Then the Drew Brees, and they couldn't, what, well, they couldn't clear him to play because of his, uh, uh, shoulder or bat? I don't even remember what the injury was, but of course, you know, he goes on to have a fantastic career from then on from that point also. So, yeah, yeah it, I can only imagine if history would have been, you know, different at that time, you know? Absolutely. And so, I, I first of all, the point I'm trying to make is I don't think he was quite as bad as people remember him being historically in Miami. But I think when you look at college football, I know you say, how can he be that much better? But I mean, at this point, Arnie, we got... 15 years of data that says that he is. I mean, he's been there since 08. I think they showed the stat earlier in the game. The last time he has lost by double figures uh, in, what was it, double figures to a ranked team or something like that? It was in 2010, I believe. I could be mistaken. Um, And so... You can, you know, yeah, like there was a time Alabama lost to what Louisiana Lafayette, his first year. Yeah, they yeah. lost to Louisiana Mon- Monroe, I think. Monroe, what? yeah, well, well, one of those schools. Yeah. They they must have been really good that year. <laughs> 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 no, but I mean, we have 15 years of data, and the sport has changed. You know, these high tempo offenses have come in. Defense has changed. His assistant coaches come and go. Kirby Smart's a head coach. Lane Kiffin's a head coach. Jimbo Fisher's a head coach, and he's the one consistent. So to me. It is Nick Saban. Now, I would love to be in one of his practices or be in one of his film sessions and know what it is that he is doing, but I can't think of any other reason that it is anything other than Nick Saban that allows Alabama to maintain this level of excellence year in and year out. All right. He's Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius 1. Um, real quick, Matt uh, sends me uh, a text that says, uh, on Twitter, 21 shots, slept for 14 hours, played a doubleheader softball, couldn't see, 7 for 8 with 5 homers. So, wow. obviously, our listeners tried to make me feel better. Um, another one says, I barely remember when I was 21, I think I only had one drink. I'm, I don't see, know if I'm buying that. That's the kind of responsibility that your son needs tonight. One <laughs> drink, one legal drink, you go to the bar with your ID, and you say, barkeep, get me a... Uh, Give me a Coors Light or something. Yeah, there like you that. go. All right. When we get back, we'll update what's going on in the Oklahoma game. Then we'll start taking a look at the top 25. What the heck is wrong with Ohio State? Even though they won, we will discuss that. We'll get to all that. Uh, by the way, I want you to know for free winners daily, go to VegasCovers.com. That's VegasCovers.com. All right. We'll get to the top 25 when we get back right here on Fox Sports Radio. 
All right, become a new card member, and Discover Card will match all the cash back you've earned. That's dollar for dollar at the end of your first year. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Remember now, limitations do apply. Good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier on this Saturday night. Great Saturday night. Great sports talk radio night. Aaron, Eddie sends in, if Alabama's success is because of Saban, the Dolphins would have been Super Bowl champs multiple times. Oh, stop. At least one. Give me one, Aaron. First of all, he came back to college uh, because they wouldn't let him keep Drew Brees. I mean, listen, if he gets Drew Brees, history is so different. First of all, who knows what happens at Bama, what happens in college football. But he gets – I mean, he makes a real run of things in the NFL. And by the way – in his one year at uh, one full season with the Miami Dolphins, didn't he beat? I'm pretty sure they beat the Patriots at least once, maybe twice. And again, it goes back to what I was saying a minute ago. Uh, having success in one walk of life doesn't automatically mean that you're going to have success in another walk of life. Just because you and I, Arnie, are the two best radio hosts of in America, course. I'm not biased at all. Doesn't mean that we could go host, uh, you know, Sports Center tonight and instantaneously be the best host that they have. Like that's not how things work. And it's the same with Saban in the NFL. Like I, I like I just think that his his skill set, what he's good at, uh, is better suited for college football. Though I am thinking about bringing back bowling for dollars out here locally in Burlington. I want okay. you to know that. There you yeah, go. You, you've heard of that. that uh, I've you remember that. bowling? Chick Hearn used to be the host of Bowling for Dollars. Really? Okay. See, I you did, didn't know that. I did not know that. Yeah, um, he was one of the hosts of Bowling for Dollars. Chick Hearn. So, I'm uh, lo- but real yeah. quick, I'm looking at Saban. Uh, year one, they went nine and seven and won their last six games, including at New England. Um, and then year two was when they didn't get Breeze, and then right. they fell off. So, I mean, it's not as though he was just this abject disaster. I will say, like, you know, he skipped out of town before we really have any definitive proof whether he was the next big thing or not, and clearly he's found his niche in college football because he's absolutely dominated it. Some of the games still going on. SMU 38-31 over Houston. That game delayed. We'll get you updated on what's going on there. Alabama 29-0 over LSU. It's been an absolute clobber. I wish they'd just end this game or have running clock 335 left there. Great one going on with Oklahoma and Texas Tech. Uh, which one's a final? Alabama? Did I miss that one? Okay, so also Alabama's a final. Uh, Oklahoma 35, Texas Tech 34. 14 minutes left there, so a one-point game. This one's been a lot of fun to watch as they go back and forth. And the question I want to ask you, Aaron, is when is appropriate to start trolling Chris Plank? Will he show up on Sunday if they win? Will, uh, or excuse me, if they lose, will I show up on Sunday if they lose because they'll be in a bad mood? Speaking of you being sad, yeah. who do you think would win, Bama or the Giants? What do you What do you got? Who do you got, Arnie? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a tough one. You no, didn't like kidding. that one, did you? No, I didn't like. Go ahead, make it a little worse. So you're going to troll me when I just asked you when we should troll Chris Blank? Yeah, you know it's it's one of those. Uh, listen, the the what is it? The enemy of my enemy is my friend, or something like that. <laughs> so me and Chris Plank, we we are in some very uh, sacred company here. He's the only one. I mean, he's the only person that can provide the proper therapy for me. So I've got to. I've got to back him up whenever I can because I know how hard his job is every Sunday night. I can only imagine. Oh, I'm I'm afraid to troll him a little bit because when he gets on, he's so ornery. He gets so oh. he takes it 
Oh, my goodness. He takes it so to heart, and he's having such a bad year. I mean, he's a Raider fan, so we know that's pretty much out the window. Uh, Oklahoma football looks like that's pretty much out the window. He likes Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, that's already – they've been eliminated from the playoff <laughs> race already. So uh, it's not a well, – but I'm in, I'm in the same boat. My Arizona Wildcats, my New York Knicks, my New York Mets um, – it's not been my New York Giants, my Dolphins is the only thing I can hang my hat on. So it hasn't been a very good year. Washington 24, Stanford 7, 427 left in the third there. USC, Oregon State, it was 21 nothing. Now it's 21 7, 415 left before halftime. And Boise State leads BYU 14 3. That game about eight minutes before the half. A couple other scores New Mexico 10 7 over San Diego State in the first half, about uh, three minutes left before halftime. And Fresno State 14 nothing over UNLV. One other game, Washington State 3, Cal nothing. Washington State, of course, number 8 in the BCS. That's about 46 seconds left in the first. Start off with Nebraska and Ohio State. Oh, my goodness, I kept waiting for Ohio State to just destroy them. They had a 16-7 lead at the end of the first. And I'm saying to myself, any moment now, they're going to run off like four touchdowns in a row and embarrass Nebraska, and it never happened, Aaron. Yeah, I'll tell you this. I was texting with with some guy. I don't know if you remember him, uh, Mike Mayer. Ma- Mike Mayer, yeah, our uh, old producer. Yeah. yeah, I was texting with him today. Uh, Ohio Buck, Ohio State Buckeyes fan. It's not pretty. Like, let me ask you, Arnie. Is it feels like that team has quit on Urban Meyer? And I hate to use that verbiage, but yeah. they've gotten basically worse every week since he's come back from that three game suspension. They win today, but you're coming off a bye. You're playing a two and five now, two and six Nebraska team. You're at home. This was the week they were supposed to get their mojo back, and it looked like much the same to me. Why would you say they quit? They have so much to play for, so much is on the line, a national championship. Why would you say they quit? And if for some reason they did, does that have something to do with the Bosa decision? I'm not sure, but. I, I can't agree with that. I would say that they're just not playing very good football right but, now. But why are they – what is what is not allowing them to reach their potential, I guess, is my question. I, I don't think they – quit isn't the right word. I, I don't think that Urban Meyer is getting the most out of his team. Well, they had a lot of turnovers that kept Nebraska in this game. But that's coaching, uh, though. What, the turnovers? No, yes. that's, that's just Seven a flip years. of the coin. Sometimes, you know, interceptions, fumbles, it's a part of the game. Sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't, but – that's not a part of coaching, I believe. No, I think it is a part of coaching. I think it's about having your team prepared. And I'll say this for Urban Meyer. Like, I'm not necessarily defending him, but let me ask you. I mean, Ohio State, we talked about it last segment. Nick Saban, he has all the resources available to him, but so does Georgia Kirby Smart, so does Urban Meyer, so does Jim Harbaugh, whatever. And Nick Saban comes out on top. At Ohio State, they're both of their coordinators, Ryan Day, the play caller on offense, Greg Schiano, the defensive coordinator. Right. They make over a million dollars a year. What does price have to do with anything, though? They're highly paid to do a job, and they're not doing their job. I think Lovey Smith is one of the top five paid coaches. He's at Illinois. But it's Illinois, though. They've been bad forever. I mean, it's one thing to be in the process of rebuilding, but when you're getting paid a million dollars a year as a defensive coordinator— and your Ohio State ranks 67th in total defense coming into today. I mean, some of it's on Urban Meyer, but some of it's on these guys. And listen, a lot of it's on the guys that he's enabled and put in charge. But man, like, it's not. I feel like that entire coaching staff 
whatever they're doing behind closed doors, they're not getting the most out of these players. Maybe I was right for the wrong reason. Wasn't it Oregon State in the first game? I'm like, wow, Oregon State put up like 31 points on them. And you're like, oh, you're going to make a big deal about that? Maybe we should have made a big deal about that. (laughs) Well, what we should make a big deal about is that Ohio State looked really good in those three games until Urban Meyer came back. And you could say, oh, it was Oregon State, Rutgers, TCU. But as I said, they barely hold on to beat Penn State. That was the highlight of the season. We think it's this great win. Penn State's gone two and three since that game. They struggle against Indiana. They struggle against Minnesota. They lose to Purdue. And then they struggle against a two and five Nebraska team today. I don't know what it is, Arnie, but but you know, you talk about going back to that Oregon State game. They haven't looked as good since Urban Meyer came back. <laughs> no, you're right. Absolutely right about that. Uh, by the way, uh, Clemson just scored again. So seventy-seven <laughs> sixteen. No, they didn't score again. That's actually the final score. Seventy-seven uh, sixteen, and they put up forty-two points in the second half. Uh, look, I didn't watch the second half, so I'll be honest. I barely watched the first half because there were so many great other games going on. But did they purposely put up 42 or is Louisville that bad that they couldn't even stop him in the second half with all the scrubs in there? I don't even know. Uh, it, I don't know how much of uh, this you watched. It was funny, Arnie, because it yeah. did feel like early on I kept tuning into this game. and uh, I'm not co- lying. Literally every time I changed the channel, comes <laughs> and scored a touchdown. I was like, yeah. what am I missing here? Uh, but I think Louisville's that bad. I mean, it's amazing. Like two or three years ago, we're talking about Bobby Petrino as one of the best coaches in the sport. That guy's going to be gone. If he even makes it to, to the end of the season, uh, he will be gone after the season. They are already kind of lining up the, the checkbooks to try and go get Jeff Brom, who is from Louisville, the Purdue coach. But uh, I don't know how much longer that guy has. I don't know how Louisville got so bad so fast. Two years ago, Lamar Jackson Football wins. and basketball. How about that? Football and basketball. But just think <laughs> about football. The last time they played at Clemson was two seasons ago. Both teams were ranked in the top ten. Louisville had the eventual Heisman Trophy winner. And now, two two years later, yeah. by the way, they lost by 61 points, and they scored 16. <laughs> they gave up 77 points. By the way, I saw this stat. Ten different Clemson players scored at least one touchdown. Ten different players. I didn't even know that was possible. I didn't even know they had ten players that were uh, that even touched the ball. Ten guys scored one touchdown on you. I think you got one by the end of the game there. Yes, I did. I'm going to check the stats on that. Yes, I did. All right, we're going to continue going through the top 25. But first, uh, let's check in with DeSager, see what's trending out there. So much going on. What's going on, DeSager, who, by the way, is probably going to thank me like crazy because I did give him a couple days off to go to the World Series. Uh, actually, Los Angeles does not thank you because for the second straight year, what? you got on the bandwagon before the postseason and I did give you the, the days Series. off, though. Did I not? Did I no. not get I pull that off? Well, huh? if you gave me the days off, why was I working the two shows before you? Oh, look at the thanks I get here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. A reminder to everyone, it is daylight savings time, so an extra hour of sleep for most people. And there is, at this hour, it's like 11.30 at Madison Square Garden, New York. We still have two more bouts before they finish up UFC 230. We got Chris Weidman still to start, and then Daniel Cormier's heavyweight bout. So it'll be a late night in New York. And you were asking about the SMU game. They're due to restart it finally in Dallas. In about the next five or ten minutes, there was a weather delay of over an hour 
SMU ahead of Houston, 38-31, and only 324 left in the game, and they've been waiting Ooh. over an hour. Uh, Houston, a team that's 7-1. and one. Ed Oliver going to be a first-round pick. Defensive tackle not playing in this one, and so Houston may be going down to defeat. And by the way, UConn football now 1-8 and eight after uh, they got a matchup at Tulsa tonight and couldn't even take that. Tulsa Had to, had to throw that in there, DeSager, huh? <laughs> I, I was going to bring up Arizona as well, so oh. in fairness... Uh, anyway, UConn was playing a 1-7 and seven Tulsa team, and Connecticut football lost 49-19 at Tulsa. Now, to bring it up. I must say, Artie, you're too far down on your Arizona Wildcats. Yes, I was thinking that too, DeSager. They you. can be in the Pac-12 title game. That's how screwed up yes! that Pac-12 South how? is because Utah lost today yes. and lost their starting quarterback to a broken collarbone. Oh. Pretty much everybody has three or four losses in the division. It's right there for the taking for I the Arizona need, Wildcats. I think that we need Utah to lose one more game. Uh, and USC to lose a game and Arizona to win out. This sounds very doable, doesn't it? No, not, but Arizona has to play like Washington State, Arizona State, and I forget who they play next week, Cal or somebody. I don't know. The whole, the whole league beats each other. Now, granted, they're off next week, Arizona. Oh, there you go. But yeah. uh, they do have to play their next game at top 10. Washington State, which brings yeah. us to our scoreboard, the eighth-ranked Cougars are ahead at home, but only 3 nothing over Cal early in the fourth quarter, even though Cal, uh, until a moment ago, had only five yards passing and three first downs, and it's just a 3 nothing Wazoo lead. And early second quarter, number 23 Fresno State leads 14 nothing at UNLV. The game of note in progress, under 12 minutes to go. Sooner score again. It's some, number seven Oklahoma up 42-34 at Damn. Texas Tech. Oh, good for playing. Good for playing. <laughs> you love him. him. You love the Sooners secretly. Yeah. Don't try and tell us otherwise. Yeah. The Alabama <laughs> win was 29 nothing at LSU tonight. LSU, this is the third-ranked team in the country. LSU rushing finished with 25 carries for 12 yards on the ground. LSU mm. punted nine times. And, yes, the Clemson final was 77-16 over Louisville. Notre Dame won tonight, 31-21 at Northwestern. Michigan and Georgia with wins. Ohio State and West Virginia as well. And the Arizona Cardinals released quarterback Sam Bradford. All right. Thanks a lot, the Sagers. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more in car insurance with Geico. Uh, just go to Geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. Uh, the only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. Great, great Saturday night. Um, though people asking us on Twitter, uh, I think it was uh, Eddie or Ryan or somebody, I, they said, hey, oh, it was TC The Truth said, why did they hype the LSU-Alabama game like they did? Uh, just another boat race. Yeah, that sometimes you hype the game and it doesn't live up to expectations. Uh, 29 nothing. that doesn't even come close to living up to expectations, Aaron. Well, and this is just what Bama does, though, right? I mean, every year there's always at least one game like this. Remember last year, the opener against Florida State, the game of the century, the best opener in the history of college football, and Bama won like 28-3 to or something similar like that. By the way, Arnie, I um, over on the Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres, I put up a poll, who is most likely to beat Bama if anybody can? Right now, over a thousand votes. Clemson with fifty nine percent. I would say the Patriots. I was going to. Oh say no, my bad, my bad. I'm a sorry. A popular write in vote is my friend Casey Smith from Barstool Sports said, "E none of the above." That's a yes, very popular write in vote right now. What were, what were the uh, the choices? Michigan, Notre Dame, Clemson, and Georgia. Clemson taking home fifty nine percent of the poll. 
Georgia at 19%. Michigan, 16 This ain't Louisville they're playing. It's Alabama. <laughs> I know. I think the answer, as you said, might be the Redskins or the Chiefs or maybe the Patriots. So. Is Clemson that good? But you just said Louisville's that bad. So you can't have it both ways and then tell me it's a little bit of both. I, I just can't imagine Clemson's going to forget about 77. I don't see them putting up 27 against that Alabama defense. Well, and it'll be interesting when we do our top four uh, later in the second hour, Arnie, because... They have a lot of big wins in the last couple weeks. 63 to 3 against Wake Forest, 41 to 7 to NC State, 59 to 10 against FSU, and then 77-16 today. Arnie, those are incredible stats. Those are incredible numbers. But how much of it is they're just not playing very good teams right now? And so it's hard for me, like I actually think Clemson's really good. They got a lot of guys that are going to play in the NFL. But right. they have not played very good competition this year. No, BC's a top 25 team, and that's on the them road. Yet. So, wait, what'd you say on that? Well, they haven't played them yet. Right, no, so I'm saying, I mean, that could be one game sure. uh, that, that could cause a little bit of trouble. But after that, Duke and South Carolina, uh, they're not going to have much problems with. So, uh, we'll have to see what happens when they get into their conference championship. What about Notre Dame, 31-21? Game really wasn't all that close. It was tied at 7 in the first half. Then it was 21-7, 24-7. Northwestern made a little bit of a run, but Notre Dame did exactly what they had to do, win, and, you know, kind of survive. You know what I'm saying, Aaron? Absolutely. Arnie, let me ask you this. We've spent... The last month, kind of talking about what would our top four be if we were on the committee? What would our top five be? Who'd be that last team out? What did you make of Notre Dame being number four in this week's poll? Because I, I know, look, it's it's all based on last week, not on this week. But to me, I thought that was a really bad sign for Notre Dame. Why is that? Did, wait, you thought that uh, one lost team? Well, I, I, I definitely thought they were going to be in the top four, and that's where they were. Well, but if you're... If what you're saying is Michigan was number five, right, and Notre Dame beat Michigan, so in theory Notre Dame has the best win of anyone in college football on their resume. They beat the number five team in the country. And so there is nothing on Clemson's resume that is anywhere close to that. There's nothing on Clemson's resume. Right, but LSU had three top ten wins. Three top ten wins, sure, but they also have a loss. Notre Dame had three top 25 wins, I believe two top ten wins. And so that's my thing, though, is – is I I don't know why you put Notre Dame at number four unless you either feel like they're just completely inferior and they've won games that they shouldn't, or my conspiracy theory, Arnie. Is that you wanted them to match up against Alabama? No, I don't think that's it. I think, because keep in mind, so they have that win over Michigan, right? Right. What is the one kind of thing that could be controversy at the end of the year. Imagine if it's the last spot comes down to Notre Dame with one loss or Michigan with one loss. Because in theory, if Michigan wins out, they would if Notre Dame is undefeated, they're in, right? But if they have one loss, right. it'd be kind of hard to justify putting in Michigan ahead of them if Michigan lost to them head to head. So what I think that was about, putting Notre Dame at number 4 was hoping they lose and then dropping them like a rock and basically saying if you lose, you're not even in consideration at that point. Ooh, I'm you like not that? So, well, I, I like the theory. I'm not so sure it's correct. I'm Why? not so sure they will drop as much as you think they will with one loss. Um, yeah, I think you kind of make it, again, it depends on how they lose and who they lose to. But, uh, you know, without a conference championship to rebound with, that, that does hurt them. I would agree with you on that. I'm just not so sure it just drops you like a ton of bricks. Though Michigan with a good victory over Penn State today, uh, 42-7. to Talk about opening up the whole can. That was 
Uh, you know, even 14 nothing at halftime, you never felt like Penn State was in this game. And it was all Michigan in the second half. They they just said, hey, we're going to flex our muscle. We want to get in this 14 playoff. What are people going to apologize to Harbaugh yet? I agree, Arnie. I believe both of us had Michigan in our four to start the season. I had Michigan, Alabama, Clemson, and my Arizona Wildcats. I had those four. I had those three as you, yes. same three, minus Arizona. I had Washington. It's hard. That's to, not happening. I was going to say, it's hard to tell whose pick was worse. Yours of Arizona, mine of Washington. But, uh, but probably, at least I could say mine was a homer pick. <laughs> yes. I, well, mine was a homer pick, too. I mean, I flew into the Seattle airport one time. And <laughs> I had a great meal there, so that was that, that was why I picked Washington. But uh, Michigan looks good, man. I, I'm with you. P- people got to, like, get off Harbaugh's back. I mean, they played three ranked teams in a row. They've won all of them by double digits. And I know it's early, Arnie, but they have Maryland and Indiana left on their schedule before Ohio State. I think they're going to be So fake. what you're saying, they've got a couple of bye weeks? They, no, Indiana's not bad, so I shouldn't say that. I take that back. And, yeah, well, you know, Maryland's not that much of a pushover. Maryland's not that much of a pushover, although when they're getting in fistfights with each other at practice this week, I don't know that that's the best sign of uh, team harmony there. So, But the point is, is I think they match up really well with Ohio State. I think that if that game was played today, Michigan would be favored. Now, Ohio State has some time to turn things around, but Michigan looks like the better team right now. All right, if you want to get a hold of us, uh, Aaron underscore Torres, um, at Stinking Genius one We'll come back. We'll see what's going on in the Oklahoma-Texas Tech game. We'll get to some late scores. We'll finish out going through the top 25. Plenty to get to. Crazy Saturday night uh, right here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, good evening, everyone, as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Just go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. And the only hard part, well, that's figuring out which way is easier. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. We go right out to the Geico Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. Joining us now from the University of Alabama, it's Damian Harris. How you doing, Damian? Hey, guys. I'm just waiting for him to come onto the phone. Just give about 10 seconds. All right. We'll give, give you a couple of minutes. You get Damian Harris for us. Guys, put him on hold, and we'll get to him in just a second because he had 19 carries, 107 yards, one touchdown. Uh, not a bad game for him, huh, Aaron? Not a bad game at all. That guy is a senior who could have gone pro last year, could have been in the NFL collecting a paycheck right now, wanted to come back, wanted to win another national championship. It's crazy, too, because his carries have been relatively limited for a player of that stature, so was fresh and was dominant today for Bama. I saw that. Was that the one they were, was him? I saw that. Was it 67 carries or something like that? I wasn't sure yeah. of the stat. I, I heard that during the broadcast. Though. Yeah. How about this, Arnie? Back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons for him. Only 68 carries coming into tonight. So uh, talk about a guy that's selfless, that's putting the team first. I mean, they have so many good backs that they don't need to have him carry the ball 15, 20, 25 times a game. But, I mean, man, that kid is a, a special player that, like I said, could be in the league right now. And I decided to come back. Isn't that good, though, for him? Isn't that good that they're not going to spend him and run him into the ground like crazy, especially with a quarterback like Tua? But uh, isn't that going to be more fresh, more teams would be interested in him uh, in the NFL? Or does that not make a difference when it comes to draft time? No, I would think that it helps him. I mean, I'm trying to remember, um, you know, I mean, guys like um, Zeke, you know, Zeke obviously – um, you know, didn't have a ton of carries at Ohio State because they were so versatile on offense. I mean, you'd think that would help as opposed to somebody like Saquon Barkley who was used on kickoff returns, using the passing game. I mean, 
you know, and it is one of those things where um, you would think, especially for a running back, going to a place like Alabama's got to be good because you aren't that guy that they need to carry 20, 25, 30 times a game. I would think it's good, and obviously his skills are going to show out when he gets to the combine this this uh, winter. But, yeah, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons before coming into this year, quote-unquote only at about 550 after tonight, but that's more about the team than it is him. You know, I asked you if Nick Saban was a better coach, so much better than everybody else. That's why Alabama's dominating everybody. Maybe I should have asked you, is Tua just a better quarterback, so much better than everybody else? Is that why Alabama's dominating right now? Uh, well, that's why they're dominating as opposed to winning games like they used to, 17-3 to or, or 21-6. to that's why they're winning. That's why they're winning games now, fifty-six to six instead of twenty-one to six. It's because of Tua. It'll be, you know, Arnie. I'll tell you this. I was thinking about you the other day because I, you know, I don't know if you've heard this, but I think your Giants are going to need a quarterback going forward. I've heard that. I've yeah. I mean, I've heard that a couple of places. It, you know, the, the rumors out there. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know if you guys have like talked about it on your Sunday show or not. I mean, do, do do you guys even touch on the Giants? I mean, I don't know if you talk about you know minor league. I don't like to. I don't teams, like yeah. to bring it up. But what can you do? You know. But I was going to say is that I don't know that there. Are any of those difference-making quarterbacks this year, like there might have been last year with Darnold, Baker Mayfield, depending on how you feel about those guys? Justin Herbert from Oregon uh, doesn't really do it for me. Um, you know, the kid Drew Locke from Missouri, and I'm wondering if Tua is the next legitimate NFL quarterback that's in college, and he's not even eligible for the draft this year. But to answer your question, if he was eligible for the draft, would he be the number one pick right now? That is a great question. You know, I think we're going to have uh, our buddy Ryan Fowler, who co- uh, who hosts radio in Tuscaloosa. Um, at the top of the hour. At the top of the hour. I would love to hear his opinion. I, it's a great question. I mean, you think Tua is a better quarterback than, like, Murray or somebody like that, do you not, or what? Than Kyler? Yeah. Well, Kyler's going to play baseball. So I know that, matter. but I'm just asking you as a quarterback, though. I think he's a more complete quarterback, yeah. I mean, Kyler. Of course he is. I, I don't why do you even have to think about that. Well, I didn't really think about it. I mean, I mean, I'll say this: Kyler hits a curveball better, but yes. actually, you know, the way Tua plays football, I don't even know if I believe that. I mean, that kid is unbelievable. So, no, you know, I don't know. It's a great question. I guess it would depend uh, depend on who the team is, what their needs are. But if you're in the market for a quarterback, I I think you can make a, le- a legitimate case that he would be the number one pick if he came out this year. Do you think Tua is going to be a better quarterback than uh, the Sam Darnolds and the Josh Rosens, the Josh Allens, the uh, whoever else I'm missing? About Baker Mayfield. Well, I mean, every guy's a little bit different, right? But I would say the stats that he's putting up against the level of competition. I know. That so did Baker Mayfield. Well, but that's the Big Twelve. You're right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. They, uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't count when you play seven on seven flag football uh, in college. But, I mean, look, the competition, even though Alabama's schedule hasn't been great, it's better than what Josh Allen faced. It's better than what Josh Rosen faced. And two was putting up better stats than all of them. So, Not better than what Sam Darnold faced, is it? Well, I yeah. guess it is a little bit, yeah. I mean, I mean, he got to face the Arizona Wildcats every year, right? <laughs> ah, too soon. Oh, yeah, Your Pac-12 South champion Arizona Wildcats, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, I'm not holding my breath on that. To would be you go? With would you. you fly out here to go to the game if they made it? It's in uh, California, not here in LA. But would you? Maybe what you is could, it up in uh, uh, by Stanford, right? Yeah, maybe you could fly out. We could drive up to a remote show, a little road trip. Yeah, little, maybe not. Arnie, yeah, maybe. you know, Torres and Spanier on the road. What by the way, uh, remember when U.S. Uh, Oregon State was down big last week and came back and won? Sure. Uh, they were down twenty-one nothing to USC. It's twenty-one fourteen now at the half. 
How crazy would that be I'm if sh- they actually came back I'm to sure win that? I'm sure if 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 uh, USC loses this game, their fans are going to be totally reasoned and calm. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm absolutely sure of that. All right, one hour in the books. We will come back, go back over Alabama, LSU, and finish out the top 25. We'll also talk to Ryan Fowler uh, from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Uh, does a show on the uh, flagship of the University of Alabama. That's next here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody, good evening. As we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? What do you got to do? Visit Geico.com for a free rate. Quote, he's Aaron Torres, I'm Arnie Spanier. So much to get to on this great Saturday night, great sports talk radio day. Aaron, before we even get to you and we get to all the top 25 games, I want to go right out to the Geico Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. Joining us now, uh, you can check him out. He's host of The Game on 102.9, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6. It's Ryan Fowler. How you doing, Ryan? Man, I'm doing great. Covering another Alabama, you know, undefeated season here and and certainly the Alabama Crimson Tide rolling. Maybe this best Nick Saban offense that I've seen since I've been covering the Tide. Okay, well, thanks for coming on the show then. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, Ryan, because every, it's all we talk about is how great Alabama is. Why is Alabama so great? Is it all Nick Saban? i got to assume that, the other, that all the other teams also have uh, top recruits, 22 other top recruits out there. What makes Alabama so much better? Well, I, I think it's the, it's the mentality. You know, with Nick Saban, you know, I mean, he, even tonight he was very happy, but he immediately began shifting his attention uh, to, to Mississippi State. Matter of fact, he didn't even know in the post-game press uh, room that Alabama had clinched the SEC West. He had no oh. clue. I mean, I mean, he's sitting there arguing about that. Now, I don't know if he was playing with us, uh, but that was his thoughts in the post-game uh, press conference. Let me ask you, Ryan, how, after a week like this, right, we've spent the last two weeks arguing, debating, does LSU have a chance? Alabama again goes out and dominates. But I want to know, how do you keep your audience engaged for four hours a day, five days a week, when your team is that much better than everybody else? (laughs) Well, now now that's a little bit of a challenge from uh, of course. Uh, we had we had less miles on this week, and, and we had some other guys that kind of stirred the pot a little bit. I mean, Coach O was on, uh, but Les Miles even told us a couple of days ago. He said, "I will take Joe Burrow over to a tongue of a low." And I was like, "What?" And I, I wouldn't even double down because I asked him. I said, "Well, do you want to go ahead and just pick LSU to win?" And he goes, "No, I just reserve my right to pick a victory, you know, pick a, a winner." Uh, but I mean, I guess. You know, we depend on people to take shots at Alabama. And you know what the narrative will be tomorrow morning. Alabama hasn't played anybody. And, you know, I mean, so so we'll kind of – and then we've got to pick on these SEC officials, which I thought totally embarrassed their self tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get to that in just a second. But I wanted to ask you, if Tua was able to go out to the NFL draft after this year, would, would he be the number one pick? Well, I, I think he would just based on, you know, his raw skill set. You know, we've had a couple of NFL draft guys on, and, uh, you know, they, they're already talking that, you know, in 2020 that he'll, he'll be – or 20 – yeah, 2020, May of 2020, uh, that he'll be the number one guy. I've covered a lot of great players uh, here in Tuscaloosa. I've watched some dynamic players come through this university. But I'll never forget walking out there my first time to watch him warm up in practice spring – of 2017, uh, early enrollee, 
And, and I was like, I was sitting there going, am I really seeing this guy? And I came back and I told the audience, I said, this guy's going to take uh, Jalen Hurts' job. And people said, you're, you're crazy. There's no way. Um, and, and this kid is, I've never covered anything like this as far as at that quarterback position. It, it's unreal, some of the throws, because you're sitting there on the sidelines and you're going, there's no way he can get the ball in that tight of a window. And he does, and he also throws the wide receiver open. He's a he's a playmaker. Uh, he he may go down as you know as Alabama's all time great when you mm. when you look at it when you talk about passing yards. I mean, look at Alabama throwing the football. It's a new way that Alabama's finding a new way to beat people. You've been covering this team now for years, but but Saban specifically a decade. I mean, did you ever envision this? I mean, we we've seen for years now the great defenses, the grind you down offense with the running game. Did you ever envision that Bama would be putting up 29 at Tiger Stadium, 50 per game against SEC competition? No, no. I, and, and I think anybody that tells you that they that they did, I, I think they're lying to you. Listen, <laughs> I knew this kid was, was good, uh, but I don't know if I could have predicted this type of outcome offensively for Alabama because I, I didn't think Nick Saban would turn it loose. I, I mean, we're talking about a conservative coach and he said something that really grabbed us, and, and I know Aaron and I talked about it quite often, but he said something in late July, early August, and he said, we're going ha- to be different this year. We're going to have to score points to beat people, and that's until this defense began to grow up, and, and now look, look at that defense tonight. That's a typical Nick Saban-style defense. I mean, look at the performance. It, it, was, it was unreal. You combine that with, with Tua Tungvalu and all these wide receivers, if he can stay healthy, um, you know, we might start playing 2020 college football season. Uh, go ahead and just start it again because th- th- this team is probably going to win it all uh, if this defense continues to grow up. Wouldn't you like them to play maybe one good team? <laughs> I mean, look, no disrespect to Arkansas State. I know that must have been a tough game to schedule or Louisiana Lafayette because – uh, well, I think they Louisiana Monroe beat you guys once, but wouldn't you like to see a little bit of a better game on the road, maybe? Well, I, I mean, go ahead, Arnie. We can go ahead and start the narrative. Alabama hadn't played nobody. I'll Alabama, start it, Saban, yes. <laughs> yeah, I think Saban will probably have them convinced. I mean, what's always crazy for me is is the way that he pulls this sports psychology. Because he'll take what you guys say, and, and he'll use it as motivation because tonight's message was set set the standard, make a statement, and that's what he convinced to his team. And, and even talk about, I mean, think about what what Tua did in that first half. They went straight at those those first rounders in that defensive secondary for LSU. And so the the, the message this week was make a statement. And I think Alabama made a pretty so strong statement. Uh, down in Baton Rouge. All right, I'm going to ask the million-dollar question that I already know what you're going to say, but I just put up a poll on Twitter. Can anybody beat Bama? Who is the team that can beat Bama? Right now we're getting some votes for Clemson. We're close to 2,000 votes. Do you think anybody in college football can beat this team? As long as Tua Tungvaloa stays healthy, I don't think so. I, I just and, and I know that's going to sound, and everybody across the nation is going to say, well, that Homer, that idiot from Tuscaloosa said that. <laughs> but but I have, to, I have to call it the way I see it. I mean, 
How do you beat this team? Because it's the part, if this defense, I thought this defense would take more time to grow up. I mean, guys, they lost every member of the secondary. They lost a lot of players on that side of the football. And and now here we are. We're going into the second week of November, and this is a typical Nick Saban. You combine that with this explosive offense, how do you beat them? I mean, how do you beat this team? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really do not know. Uh, you know, I'm not even sure if my Dallas Cowboys could. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Arnie's just, Giants just couldn't. Kidding. We've already talked about that. Well, well look, <laughs> we, we know that you guys go out of the way to schedule tough games, the Arkansas States, the Louisiana Lafayettes, and I don't know even how you managed to get Citadel on your schedule. That must have been tough. Well, you know what, and, and I would agree with you. There, there's no reason Alabama should be playing uh, the Citadel. I mean, I mean, you know, with all due respect to their military achievements, Alabama shouldn't be playing that team. And Nick Saban keeps talking about this, you know, let's schedule nine conference games or, you know, go outside of the Power Five and, and get a quality team. But, but Alabama, you're the team to do it. Make this statement because no, he cannot get anybody else to go to nine conference games. I was down in Destin uh, back in late May. He, he didn't have any help. He's he's there in conference games. So maybe it's big, bad Alabama. Just need to do it all. They're all going to say, hey, uh, we're going to play these inferior competition because it doesn't do anything. You talk about boring weekend radio, the Citadel. <laughs> that is a boring weekend radio uh, to try to get your audience ready for that game. Yeah, well, I think you guys have a tougher game during the bye week. But what do I know? Uh, Ryan, look, always a pleasure, my friend. We thank you for coming on on short notice. Enjoy the big victory, and I guess we'll just wait for the Auburn game to come up. Citadel, we just talked about it. Oh, he's break, he's breaking up, guys. You could, you could let him go on that. He's he's breaking up a little bit. Yeah, uh, they got Mississippi State, obviously, which is going to be a, a semi tough game. Uh, Citadel. And then uh, the Iron Bowl against Auburn. So, by the way, protect the trees out there. Do, <laughs> do you? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm here all week. Do, I was going to say you, that was very diplomatic of you to say Mississippi State a semi tough game. Do you really think it's going to be a semi tough game? Because I don't. No, but uh, but they're a top twenty. I got to go hang my hat on something, don't I? What am I going to hang it on the Citadel? I well, can't do that, can I? I'll tell you. I mean, if Alabama just beat the number three team in the country on the road by twenty nine. I don't know that at home against Mississippi State, who's already lost three games this year, struggles on offense from time to time. I think you were very nice to say that maybe they'll keep it competitive for a quarter. I think that's another one that's going to be you know in the fifty-five to six range. Is, that is just perhaps maybe the easiest schedule I've ever seen in my life. And the one tough game they played supposedly was going to be the Louisville game. Uh, I mean, really, enough is enough. Nick Saban never plays a tough out-of-conference game on the road. Matter of fact, I don't even think he plays tough conference games on the road. I don't even know how he figured to do that out, to be honest. Well, yeah, and I mean, we've talked about it before, Arnie. Um, First of all, we'll see what happens with Georgia. Maybe Georgia can be competitive. I'm not so sure, but, I mean, he's killed competition in this league, right? I mean, you know, when he came into this league, it was the best conference in college football. They had all these great coaches, Les Miles, Urban Meyer at Florida, Phil Fulmer at Tennessee, and he's beaten all of them to oblivion. I mean, how many how many schools in this conference have gone through two, three, four coaches trying to find the right guy and just get continually destroyed by Alabama? It's unbelievable to watch. Oklahoma, it is a final now. They win it 51-46. This isn't going to be considered a bad win, is it, where they may drop a spot or two or maybe lose a vote or two. I don't think it is. Well, I don't. 
I don't think they'll fall too far. I mean, I do think you can make— Why should they fall at all? Well, I was going to say, I think you could make the argument that Georgia winning uh, uh, against a top-10 team on the road may warrant them moving up. You know what I mean? Like, it was Kentucky. They were a top-10 team. They beat everybody else. It was Kentucky. Else. Yeah, they're, they're better than Arizona. They're top I, still, 10 I don't even know if that was Kentucky football or basketball. Well, they, oh, I'm just kidding. Yes, I know that Kentucky has had a good they, year, but I was, I was they weren't going to match up to Georgia. Maybe that's a testament to how bad the SEC is that Kentucky is seven and one coming in this game, right? And but in the top ten, though, that's a little bit. Of, I thought a little bit of a stretch. Oh, and by the way, I'm just looking at the polls now. Georgia was actually ahead of Oklahoma, so it doesn't really matter. Georgia will probably move up a spot. Oklahoma will move up a spot too. Of course, they'll probably drop Notre Dame five spots for only winning by uh, <laughs> ten because you know the, the, they have it out against uh, Notre Dame. I think. This yeah. I don't. Th- I don't think that's a bad win uh, with uh, Oklahoma winning over Texas Tech by five. I knew that game was going to be a shootout, and it was probably going to come down to the last series in that one. All right, when we get back, we'll go out to where else? Las Vegas. Talk the Vegas runner. Wrap up today's college football and start taking a look at the early lines for the NFL games uh, coming up tomorrow. And there's some monster games tomorrow. So we'll get to that. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. This is Fox Sports Radio. There's a better way to buy home insurance with Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer tool. Get a custom quote and a great rate all online. See for yourself how much you could save at Progressive.com. All right, good evening, everyone. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier here on Fox Sports Radio. Guys, I want to go right out to the Geico Fox Sports Celebrity Hotline. Joining us now, you can check him out at TheBigMoves.com. That's TheBigMoves.com. You can tweet him also at Greek underscore Gambler. That's Greek underscore Gambler. It's Vegas Runner. How you doing, Vegas Runner? Never better, Arnie. Thanks for having me. Alabama uh, once again showed that they are the cream of the crop along with Clemson, and then it's everyone else. Uh, but more importantly, uh, the, the public loved LSU in this Ooh. spot. I mean, you had the number four team in the AP poll, the number three in the college football playoff rankings at home, catching more than two touchdowns. They're going to take them. Um, and, and every betting syndicate I, I provide accounts for um, that bets college football, all were betting Alabama through off-screen uh, books. So they were get, able to get the 14 and a halfs, the 14, 14 and a halfs on all their bets. So they loved Alabama. Um, they just think Alabama is just so much better than anyone else. Like I said, it's Alabama power rating wise, Alabama, Clemson, and then everyone else. And what's funny is Notre Dame's going to move up to where LSU is, and Alabama would be an even bigger favorite against Notre Dame than they wow. were LSU. Um, I was going to say, it looked like it was a good day for the books. A lot of favorites pretty much covered, except for maybe Ohio State. Uh, the Georgia game could, uh, covered against Kentucky, Michigan, no problem against Penn State. I think Notre Dame against Northwestern, though I'm not sure about that one. I'm, I'm guessing Clemson against Louisville. Good day for the favorites. Yeah, and usually the public would do well when that's the case. It would cost the books money. They would be paying out a lot of four or five team parlays and teasers and stuff like that. But the the fact that the the favorites that won, they were playing teams. The ranked teams were playing other ranked teams. Like Georgia was, uh, you know, a, a nine and a half, ten point favorite, but they were on the road against number eleven Kentucky. Um, so it was matchups like that, and because of it, the public was. T- Taking the dogs, thinking that they were getting all that chalk. Penn State, the number 14 team, getting 13 points at some books. Um, it went as high as there was so much short money on Michigan. Uh, 
So the, the public did not do well. The betters didn't do well. Uh, for all the, that public money, I mean, for all those favorites that won, usually a bad result for books, not today in college football. So who does Vegas see as the team in college that best matches up with Bama? And who that, who that not only who is that team, but what kind of point spread are we looking at if they were to meet on the field? With Vegas, it's not even about handicapping the matchup. It's about what if Team A's playing Team B, what will we rate this game on a neutral field? And it's Alabama and Clemson right behind them. Clemson would probably be about a four-to-six-point four underdog against Alabama. It depends. Um, Clemson's looked good of late as well. Uh, but then against everyone else, and I'm talking Michigan, Georgia, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, whoever it is, um, they're greater than double digits against all those teams, Alabama is. Um, and again, like I said, it's just Clemson that's near them, and then Georgia and Michigan are behind Clemson, but Clemson's even a touchdown favorite against the number three, four, five team. Wow. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. All right, Vegas Runner, let's get to the good stuff tomorrow. Right to the big games, right to the meat and potatoes, Green Bay, New England. How much money is coming in on a game like this? Is it through the roof? I mean, everybody must be taking this. Uh, New England opened up as a seven-point favorite, now down to five, five and a half. I'm assuming everybody's taking Aaron Rodgers based on what he did against the Rams. Give me some insight on this game. Well, you're absolutely right. And here's the the reasoning. Uh, Last week we saw he was never that big of a dog, and they got the cover even though there was some help by Gurley there at the end. Um you know, not not scoring that touchdown, but Green Bay got the cover. Uh, but I do think they're going to get some balanced action come tomorrow because you got to remember, ninety percent of the betting action from the the recreational betters hasn't even hit the window yet. That happened Ooh. Sunday morning, Arnie. Um, and New England at home is usually going to attract money. You know, this is a team that doesn't lose many games at home, and they don't lose many against the spread either. And now that this is down below a touchdown, I I think New England will be tied into a lot of teasers early, maybe money line parlays and even some straight bets. So I don't think they're going to have that much exposure on this game. They're going to get a ton of volume, which is going to be great for the books without too much risk. I think the risk is going to be on the over, as I don't see many people going to have an under ticket in their pocket. Um, even though it's as high as 56, 56 and a half, you're probably going to be holding your breath the entire game. Brady Rogers, you know, 56. Flip side of that Packers-Rams games is, of course, the Rams now going on the road to New Orleans. Last couple times they've been on the road, or two out of the last three times anyways, Broncos-Seahawks, it's been close. What do you make of this game with the Rams traveling cross-country against a really good Saints team? Yeah, I was really surprised um, to see the, the, the betting action come in like this. And what I mean by that is that the, the, the sharp money is on the Rams, and, and they bet them heavy. I mean, um, uh, New Orleans was a favorite in this game. If this, this last week, New Orleans was a one and a half point favorite for Ooh. this game. Um, they opened it up at a pick 'em, and now the Rams are a two and a half point favorite in New Orleans. And I get it, the Rams are eight and zero, but this is a New Orleans team that we know plays very well at home, um, and. Even though the the public tomorrow is probably going to come in on the Rams too, so you got the sharp money 
and the public money on one side, and the books are going to have a ton of exposure on them. You would think the, the New Orleans at home is going to be attractive, but it's not the case so far. It's been nothing but Rams money from the uh, Sharps and the public. Vegas runner, what do you see in this Detroit-Minnesota game? Vikings opened up as a seven-point favorite, now down to five, five and a half. It seems like Detroit all of a sudden has become like a sexy pick for underdogs there. Yeah, and this one isn't getting much volume, Arnie, at all. Um, you know, you got a three and four team against a four and three team, but both these teams have been profitable against the spread. Uh, Detroit more so. They're five and two ATS, so they've really, you know, exceeded, uh, market expectations, and they've been an underdog and a favorite. It's not like they've just been a dog. I mean, in fact, they've been a favorite in four of their seven games. Um, so Detroit is playing well, uh, but I think this is one of those cases where it may be Minnesota coming in off that letdown after that, that loss against the New Orleans Saints, and you're seeing that uh, Detroit money, because yeah, Detroit didn't look too good at home against Seattle either last week. True. You mentioned the volume being down on that game. One game that I feel like is completely flying under the radar this weekend, Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Always a marquee game when these two teams play, yet because of uh, Green Bay, New England, Rams, Saints, it feels like this one's flying under the radar as well. You're so right, and it really is. And this is a game where the public is going to be, when they do go to the window, they're going to be on the Pittsburgh Steelers as as underdog. The Steelers get money each and every week. They have a huge fan base that bets them each and every week. But in this case, um, money came in immediately at plus three, and that's why Baltimore is now down to a two-point favorite. And, I mean, it's not surprising. The point spread's always three in this series. It's just a matter of who's at home. That's the three-point favorite. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the Sharps come in on Baltimore, because based on, on power ratings alone, uh, I would think they, they would have Baltimore here as a, a little higher favorite, uh, especially playing at home. They are coming off two uh, losses, uh, but those were against New Orleans and Carolina, two pretty good football teams, and they were very, less than field goal favorites against both of them. All right, last thing, last question. Which is the game that's moving the needles? Which way are the, uh, the books worried about? Who do they really need in the worst way? Uh, the, the, the game that they're going to need the most, it, it's no secret, it's going to be Kansas City and Cleveland. Um, besides all the straight bets that bettors are going to be on Kansas City as if they already know the final score, um, they're going to have Kansas City on teasers like you can't imagine. I mean, if Cleveland... It happens to cover that game, it's going to wipe out 90% of teaser exposure for the books. <laughs> and I can promise you that the teasers and parlays, those exotics, get a lot of the betting volume from bettors. Um, they're very popular. And being able to tease Kansas City down to where they more or less have to win the game, you know, by one, one and a half, um, depending on how far you tease it, I think it's going to be a very popular bet at the books. So they're going to be huge Cleveland Browns fans. He's Vegas Runner. You can check him out at TheBigMoves.com. That's TheBigMoves.com. You can also tweet him at Greek underscore Gambler. That's Greek underscore Gambler. Vegas Runner, enjoy the games tomorrow. Some big, pretty big ones, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the games. All right. Thanks a lot, Vegas Runner. Live from where else? Las Vegas. You want to talk gambling? We got to go out to Las Vegas. By the way, pros in the know start with Lowe's and save 5% on eligible purchases every day made with a Lowe's business credit account. That's 5% savings in store and online. 
subject to credit approval. Uh, by the way, cannot be combined with any other credit offers. Exclusions apply. See stores for detail, U.S. only. All right, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll check in with the Sega to see what's trending. Come back, finish out the top 25, and then give <laughs> our top five what uh, what's trending out there, uh, DeSager? Well, it's twelve thirty in the morning at Madison Square Garden, and the feature bout is underway. Heavyweight Championship UFC two thirty tonight on pay per view. Daniel Cormier against Derek Lewis. Yes, that is going. And the Lakers have the late game in the NBA. That's in the final minute. The Lakers were actually ahead by twenty at Portland with only eight minutes left. The lead was down to five with one minute left. It's now Lakers ahead. 111-106 at Ooh. Portland with under 20 seconds to go. LeBron James with 26 points. Well, online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Number one, Alabama looked the part tonight, winning 29 nothing at third-ranked LSU. Number two, Clemson, a 77-16 victory over Louisville. Fourth-ranked Notre Dame won tonight at Northwestern, 31-21. Michigan pummeled Penn State eventually, 42-7 the final. Wins for Georgia and Oklahoma on the the road. Sooners were down early but won 51-46 at Texas Tech tonight. And the late game at number 8 Washington State. Cougars kick a field goal before halftime and lead 13-10 against Cal at the break. Missouri upset Florida. Arizona State upset Utah. Purdue on a late field goal upset Iowa. Auburn with two late touchdowns upset Texas A&M. Wins for Ohio State and West Virginia. Wins for Mississippi State and Syracuse. Lakers update, 10 seconds left. They're going to the line up by four. 112-108 at Portland. Earlier, the day game, Philadelphia beat Detroit 109-99. Philly is 6-0 at home, and Joel Embiid had 39 points, Woo. 17 rebounds. Jeez. So Detroit, after a 4-0 start, has lost four straight. Blake Griffin didn't. Junior high school or something. <laughs> Blake Griffin did score 38 today. So yes, there was an opponent, but Pistons from three-point range, five for 30. And Phoenix has lost seven in a row and is in the process of buying out center Tyson Chandler. And the Lakers will reportedly sign the LA native after he clears. Of course, Lakers at Portland right now. Minnesota's Derrick Rose is questionable for tomorrow at Portland due to a sore ankle. And Jeff Teague, we know, is still out with the bad knee. Updating, Lakers now 114-108. Ten seconds left at Portland. Back to you. All right, thanks a lot to Sega. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Easy to save 15% or more car insurance with Geico. Uh, go to geico.com or give them a call, 1-800-947-AUTO. Oh, and the only hard part, well, that's figuring out which way is easier. USC 21, or excuse me, 28-21 over Oregon State late in the third in that one. And as DeSager told you, Washington State up 13-10 over Cal. Still two very important games when it comes to the uh, Pac-12, Aaron. Absolutely. I mean, the most important one was obviously played last night when the Arizona Wildcats oh, picked course. up a win. But no, I mean, look, here's the deal is that I still think Washington State, one, they have to win everything left on their schedule to even be considered for the college football playoff, but teams are going to lose, and, and and we don't know where. I mean, obviously one of these uh, top teams will lose in the SEC championship game, Georgia or Bama, but look, the, we saw Oklahoma nearly lost tonight. West Virginia or Oklahoma is going to lose at least once because they, they play each other. So Washington State is not out of the playoff picture. they got to hold on to win here, and they got to win out. But that is the one team that I feel like nobody is talking about that mathematically still has a chance to make that Final Four. 
All right, uh, let's just finish some stuff in the top 25. Uh, and one game we haven't really talked about, and it was a good victory and an upset. Missouri beat number 11, Florida, uh, and what even close, 38-17. It was 21-7, or excuse me, 21-10 at the half in favor of the Tigers. And uh, they really flexed their muscle, especially defensively in the second half. Florida only can get seven points on the board, 17 the whole game. Uh, good victory by Missouri in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Missouri was one of those teams that they've been on the cusp of picking up wins here and there throughout the season. I mean, they by the way, they beat Purdue earlier in the year, which is a good team, but uh, lost by two to South Carolina, lost by one on the final play last week to Kentucky. Nice win for Missouri. Uh, Gators fans probably not all that happy with Dan Mullen right now. One of the more entertaining games on the day, West Virginia and Texas. I was watching a lot of this game. West Virginia scores. They're down one, 41-40. There's 16 seconds left uh, in the game. Now, if they kick the extra point, it's tied, and more than likely you're going to go in the overtime. They decide to go for two, and I turned to my wife and I said, you watch and see if they don't go for two. Their offense was just moving the ball like crazy. Uh, Their defense really couldn't stop Texas. I'm not so sure I wanted to rely on my defense, but what Will Greer did, after he gets in for the two-point conversion to put him up 42-41, he taunts the Texas fans. He gets a penalty. They got a kickoff from like the 20-yard line or something like that. And Texas is in good field position. They just didn't handle the last 12 seconds or so very well. Great victory by West Virginia in this one, Aaron. It was a wild game. Let me throw out something to you, Arnie. Remember like two or three years ago when the Big 12 decided, hey, we're going to add a conference championship game. Right. So here is how this season could play out. Oklahoma and West Virginia, as things stand, are one and two, or basically tied atop the Big 12 standings, both five and one in league play. Right. They play the last week of the season. Right. If if West Virginia beats Oklahoma in that game, they will then have to beat Oklahoma again in the conference championship game to be in either the playoff discussion or to win the Big 12. Well, even if West Virginia loses, they'll still have to play Oklahoma again because they'll be tied with Texas and they get the tiebreaker over Texas. No? But they would not be. Technically, right now, Iowa State would get that tiebreaker. Okay, somebody, okay. somebody corrected right. me. Somebody yelled at me on social media today. It was uh, okay. very hurtful. But the point is, how dumb was this decision? Whether it is Oklahoma or West Virginia, they could cost themselves a playoff spot. I mean, imagine if Oklahoma has to beat West Virginia twice or West Virginia has to beat Oklahoma twice and they split and cost themselves a playoff spot. You mean a representative from the Big 12 then is what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, look. Is it better to go with split uh, teams so you have a a true champion from uh, like an east or a west or a north and a south or something like that? Well, the thing is with the Big 12, obviously we all know the math there doesn't add up. There's only 10 teams, and so – they all play each other. So, I mean, the the divisions make sense in the Big Ten or the SEC where not everybody plays each other. But in the Big 12, you don't need that game. You have you have everybody play everybody else, and all you do is create potential landmines, potential controversy. It actually happened last year, too. If you remember, Oklahoma had to beat TCU twice to get to the college football playoff. But, I mean, we're talking about in back-to-back weeks, those two teams could have to face each other and whoever it is might have to win twice to get into the playoff. How crazy is that? Uh, insane. Uh, DeSager mentioned to talk about crazy. He mentioned this earlier. Arizona State 38-20 over Utah. Utah loses their quarterback. Utah loses the game. Uh, talk about a big mishmash for that Pac-12 South. That's what it is. I mean, Utah, Arizona State, UCLA, USC, and Arizona 
all still with a chance to go ahead. And uh, and, uh, with, and I think even uh, Colorado, too, if I'm not mistaken, all with a chance to win that half. Absolutely crazy, but big victory uh, by Arizona State in this game, Aaron. It is. It's funny. I'm looking at those standings now. Colorado is now 5-4 and four overall, 2-4 and four in conference play. They were the last undefeated team in the Pac-12. And they've lost four straight. So I mean, I think wow. that, yeah, I was gonna say that kind of tells you what kind of season it is. I don't know if we hit on it last week, Arnie, but how crazy! Or I think it would be good for the playoff. Imagine if Mike Leach in Washington State made the Final Four. Imagine Mike Leach going to a press conference with Nick Saban a day or two. How great would that be to just see Mike Leach just talking about who knows what? As Nick Saban sits there and there's probably steam coming out of his ears because he's got to deal with this lunatic next to him. Would be a ratings killer. Yes. Uh, but if anybody's going to put, you know, you mentioned uh, what's the one team that could win. Look, obviously it's Clemson over Alabama, but man, I would like to see a Washington State team try to pull that off with Leach and see if he comes up with a special game plan. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. And I just would tune in for the press conferences. I mean, oh. Like everybody else, it would probably be over at after the first quarter against Bama. But uh, the press conferences would be amazing. If we can get that game in the playoff, I would not complain at all. All right. Otherwise, uh, just other, one other big game that was upset in the top 25 where Purdue beat Iowa 38-36. Uh, it's been a good season for Purdue, but a good victory against Iowa. Um, so that kind of straightened things out there in the Big Ten, Aaron. You know who it wasn't good for? People who had Purdue minus three. Because they had the chance to put in the touchdown to win late, settled for the game-winning field goal. They've had kicking problems too. I thought they might go for uh, go for the touchdown there. Not that I'm necessarily one of those people, but I'm just saying. Uh, I was gonna say you got a top four real quick, Arnie. I know we got to get to break. But... Yeah, we got. Well, I got a top four. I like doing a top five, so I'll Do a give top you this. Five. Give me five. I got I got Alabama at number one. I got Clemson at number two. No great shakes here. Uh, Notre Dame at number three, Michigan now into the uh, top four, and then I have Georgia, Oklahoma uh, at five and six. Yeah, I won't shake it up too much from there. I'll say Bama one. I still think Notre Dame's resume is better than Clemson. I'll keep them at number two for one more week, but if Clemson keeps beating people by 50, 60 points, I'm eventually going to have to move them up to number two. As Vegas runner told us, Vegas believes they're the second best team in the country right now. I'll keep Notre Dame at two for one more week. Clemson three, Michigan four, and I guess Georgia five. I think Oklahoma will eventually end up being there, but Georgia right. Georgia gets the nice win. I know you hate the Kentucky Wildcats football program, but uh, <laughs> it was a nice, technically a top ten win on the road because Kentucky was number nine in those standings. By the way, uh, just speaking about Kentucky on a side note, uh, I want a little love for my Vermont Catamounts who play both Kansas and Kentucky this year, right? Ooh, do they really? Yeah. Wow. You know, I will say this. I I know we... um, I think they play Kentucky again. They played them last year. I think they play them again this year. I was going to say, I I know America is clamoring for America East basketball, but (laughs) uh, the Hartford Hawks, who are from my hometown, West Hartford, Connecticut, they're looking good in that that league next year. You're fired now for bringing them up. Come on. You bring bring up your Catamounts. I'm going to bring up my Hawks. That's all Uh, I'm saying. You're lucky you don't bring up Kent State hockey, my kids' team, and see how they did today. Have you checked in on your son, by the way? If I, no, they're, they're still playing in the game. It's oh, okay. tied at three, so I'm keeping my eye on that. We'll come back. We'll bring in DeSager, get caught up on the late scores, late news and notes, all that's coming up next uh, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Great news, everybody. There's a quick way you can save money. Just switch to Geico. 
Go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. Let's check in with Steve DeSager. Couple, couple good Pac-12 games still going on there, huh, DeSager, or what? FS1 has college football right now with USC holding on 28-21 at Oregon State early in the fourth quarter. And eighth-ranked Washington State early third quarter leads only 13-10 at home against Cal. Number 23, Fresno State now up 31 nothing at UNLV mid-third quarter. And what a night for the quarterback of 7th-ranked Oklahoma. Kyler Murray had thrown two early interceptions. They were down 14 nothing at yeah. Texas Tech. Oklahoma comes back to win 51-46 on the road. Murray finishes with four total touchdowns, 360, 360 yards passing, plus 100 yards rushing, 11 carries for 100 yards for the quarterback. How, so, bitter, would, how bitter would Plank have been tomorrow night uh, I, matter of fact, I might have to call in sick tomorrow night had they lost. I don't think I could have worked with him. You know? Well, the bitter would have been when you brought it up five times during the Sunday night show. That's... Oh, I, I was going to troll him when it was 14 nothing, but I held back a little bit. Yeah, late night, he wouldn't have checked his phone, I think. Very late night at Madison Square Garden. UFC 230 is finally over, and heavyweight oh, wow. champ Daniel Cormier wins by submission in the second round over Derek Lewis. Ooh. Army won its football game over Air Force, but mascot stealing is the headline. The West what? Point cadets took the air force falcon from an army colonel's home according to the colorado springs gazette and the mascot suffered an injury to both wings when abducted a prank gone wrong and the Uh injury according to sources telling the newspaper could force the air force falcon to be euthanized because of its age it has been for 22 years the falcon mascot of the air force academy they say it's flying the bird back to Colorado. They have specialists at the academy for this. They're hoping for a speedy recovery. Wow. And that's where the story stands. Way to go, Jeez. Army. I could see them saying, you know what, we, we're going to forfeit that. Or, you know, we're, we're going to give you the win. And what is going on there? That's crazy. Jeez. Tennessee Vols found a team they could beat today. They scheduled yeah. Charlotte at home. and Congratulations on that big victory. Got a whopping 14-3 to win. They'll take it. Tennessee with two touchdowns, including a punt return in the first quarter. Didn't score another point the rest of the day. That must have been a great game to go to. Or not. Uh, probably better than that SMU game we were talking about earlier. They came back from an over hour-long weather delay to play the last three minutes or so. SMU did score again, so they won 45-31 over Houston. An upset. Houston had been 7-1, and although NFL prospect Ed Oliver was out with his still bad knee. And a monsoon at Miami in the game there tonight. Duke shut out the appropriate By lame. the way, if you don't play 58 minutes it's the your over under bet um, oh, yeah. is is out the window so they had to finish the 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 line <laughs> you know one side or the other your bet's still good but uh, unfortunately your over under bet wouldn't count yeah smu you're right at 57 minutes they had called the game yeah. for the weather delay they did it play uh, all 60 eventually the miami hurricanes lost in the rainstorm at home 20 to 12 to duke a comeback win for duke they shut out miami second half oregon beat chip kelly that was the fox game tonight oregon over ucla 42-21 bruins still with just two wins on the season uab continues to dominate conference usa 52-3 over U- T-S-A. Wow. And uh, tonight it was the Washington Huskies getting their running back back. Miles Gaskin, nearly 150 yards rushing at a score. Huskies beat Stanford 27 to 23. And the Alabama game. 
Can you call it a game? It was 29 no. nothing the final at number three LSU. Man, the crowd was loud and into it. And then it's the same LSU offense we've seen in these matchups for so many years. Nine punts, 25 carries, 12 yards total for the LSU team. However, the Heisman, perhaps Heisman winning quarterback of this year, Tua Tagovailoa of Alabama, did actually throw his first interception of the year. So I think that's... 27 touchdowns in one yeah. pick. That's Very just... pedestrian today. Very pedestrian. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. Number two, Clemson, 77-16 over Louisville, which is 0-6 in the ACC and still has to play three more ranked teams. Clemson had nearly 500 yards rushing, just rushing in this huh. game. Louisville, 10 penalties, sacked six times, and three turnovers, and still paying Bobby Petrino. I, I think Louisville basketball could have scored more points than that. Guys, Even I, with the yeah, forfeits, I think they're going to have the same number of wins. Yes, I just want to see. I don't know how closely you guys are watching um, this uh, this USC Oregon. State I'm watching game. it. Yeah, did you see Arnie the fumble takeaway? Well, Oregon had a turnover, and in general, Oregon State. Yeah. Oregon State. Yeah. They brought in Dean Blandino of FS1. But I was going to say, generally, I'm out on the whole turnover prop situation that we got going on in college football. Oregon State has a turnover chain saw. A turnover chainsaw. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. I am back in on the turnover prop. That's all I have to contribute this it's segment. It's better than the turnover backpack that Florida State <laughs> had, for crying out loud. Florida State lost at NC State 47-28, by the way. Florida State, 16 penalties. They have to play at Notre Dame next Saturday night. Ooh. Seminoles rushing 20 carries, just 24 yards, including the five sacks. And New Mexico has just scored again. They're leading San Diego State 23-14 with only 10 minutes left. Oh, hallelujah on that. All right, thanks. Thanks a lot to Sager. Uh, two hours are in the books. The power hours coming up next. And we have a lot of NFL to get to. Obviously, Green Bay, New England, Rams, Saints, first on the docket. That's coming up next here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, everybody. Good evening. And it is the power hour of the show as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Did you know that 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Are you going out clubbing tonight? Because you know I am. I got that extra hour. So when it, wins to, when it goes to 2 o'clock, it goes back to 1. And no, we're not doing the extra hour. I had to put my foot down and say, you give the extra hour to Jonas. I don't do the extra hour, you know? Whoa. Whoa. I was going to say, first of all, you talk about power hour. You think your your son's in the middle of a power hour right now? Just yeah. Sh- yeah. shot after <laughs> shot after shot? No, actually, the in case people are just tuning in right now, my son's birthday is today. He turns 21. Uh, but they're on the road. Uh, playing hockey, they won five to four. So by the time he gets back to Ohio, uh, and they get off the bus, it's going to be like four o'clock in the morning. So it's going to be too late to go ahead and booze it on up for his twenty-first birthday. But it'll actually only be three o'clock in the morning because he gains that hour. He's going hard. So you're going out to the club, <laughs> is what you said. I'm going clubby because uh, we get off. By the way, why aren't we doing the extra hour? It's two o'clock. It gets moved back to one o'clock. But I guess they give the extra hour to whoever has it 2 o'clock in the morning on the West Coast, which mm. is Jonas every year. So there you go. That's They're why he trying the extra hour. To, uh, you know, we are too on fire. Our takes are too hot for America to handle for an extra hour. I think that's what it is. I think they're afraid of how intimidated America would be if they put us on for another hour. So, Do you remember a long time ago, well, not a long time ago, but before we had the 14 playoff, we used to say about college football, every game means everything. Every game, every week, 
Every game means something, and we have an elimination every week. Notice how we have the four-team playoff now. That's not the case, as you just brought up, uh, where two teams can play back-to-back, like uh, the West Virginia or, uh, you know, something like that. All of a sudden, not every game means something when you put in a playoff. You know what I mean? So you're saying, like, it's less – there's less to kind of look forward to, all that stuff, or – Well, even, you know, we used to say, okay, one loss, you're not going to win a national championship. And and you're pretty much done. But as you brought up, West Virginia and Oklahoma could play uh, twice at the end of the year to go ahead and decide who's going to go ahead and represent the Big 12. Yeah, well, somebody still would have to win both of those games to comfortably get in. I mean, I would assume that both of them already have one loss. But I, I don't think either would get in with two losses, although it's impossible to say at this point. Um, I think it's kept more teams in the picture. I mean, right now, we'd probably realistically be talking about Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, if we just had that two-team deal. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's kept more teams in. Where do you stand on the whole eight-team thing? Because I look at the eight-team, I get it. I get why people would want it. But I also think it would create a lot of headaches in terms of, you know, what if you make the conference championship game but lose? What if you? It just feels like it's, it would create a lot of headaches for me, you know? I, w- I would like the A team because I would like to see more conferences in it. And that way we could have the Power Five conferences uh, definitely get a team in. And then we could have a couple of the larges if we want. And then we could, we could actually see if Central Florida can play or if they can't play, you know? Yeah, and that's my one argument. I've never really thought that we need to expand the playoff. I mean, last year we struggled to figure out who the fourth team was. Now we got to figure out five, six, seven, eight. But that is my one argument that I don't really have an answer for is Central Florida. I And it's funny because we've talked about this, you and I, the last couple weeks. Look, I don't think they could compete on a field with Bama because, let's be honest, I don't think anybody can compete on a field with Bama as we saw tonight. But... It's hard for me to watch a team go undefeated and not have a chance to play for a championship. I mean, the whole point of of playing sports is competition, is to compete. And if you're beating everybody on your schedule, no matter how bad they are, you deserve a shot at the title. And in this four-team system, it doesn't seem like they'll ever get there. All right, I got to first of all, we want you to tweet tonight because we got a lot of NFL to get to. So uh, that's Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius One. I'm going to ask you one question. Two okay. possible answers. If you give me the wrong answer, you're fired, okay? Uh, a lot of pressure on you. You are not going to be one of those knuckleheads that tell me that Aaron Rodgers is comparable to Tom Brady and that they're both, like, the greatest of all time and that it's a tough choice between the two because if you're going to tell me that Aaron Rodgers is just as good as Tom Brady, you're fired. Oh, so you gave me the answer. Okay, so I got the answers yeah. to the test. Okay, I gave you the answer to the test, but you can still get the answer wrong. I don't know. You can still get the question wrong. I will say that Aaron Rodgers is not. Oh, bravo. The little goat emoji. Don't put that next to Aaron Rodgers' name. Don't no, do it. I, you know, all the people that we're talking about, and I know that's what their job is to hype the game, but let's be honest, it's not even close. We're looking at the two quarterbacks, and Aaron Rodgers is a very good quarterback. But to compare him to Tom Brady, who's the GOAT with the five Super Bowls for what he's accomplished, I don't even have to go through all the numbers. I think that's asinine even, you know, to, to try to sell the game like that. You can sell it with Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, and I know they don't play against each other. They're both two quarterbacks, whatever. Uh, but you have to hype the game. But don't bring up the point that Aaron Rodgers is just as good, if not better, than Tom Brady because Brady's had the, the benefit of Belichick. I don't want to hear that. Well, and that's what I, w- I was going to ask you that because I remember back during the Brady versus Manning era, which right. Brady kind of ran away with. But I remember talking to Philip Fulmer, the former Tennessee coach who coached Peyton Manning about this. And I asked him and he said, well, the thing about Peyton is 
This guy has had four different head coaches, four different uh, offensive coordinators in four different Super Bowl appearances. Now, Aaron Rodgers hasn't had quite that many. Obviously, Mike McCarthy's mostly oh, been there. Wait a minute. If we're going to talk about hardships, look at Peyton Manning, who could have picked any school he wanted to go to, who had the genes of his father, who comes from a football family, um, and, you know, who's... Uh, who went to a good situation in Indiana? Uh, come on now, don't, he, don't I don't want to hear I mean, any they had the number breaks. one pick. I don't know that it was a good situation. He made it a good situation. Okay, he made it a good situation, but you know what about what Aaron Rodgers had to go through when going to a junior college, then going to Cal, then sitting in the green room because nobody took him until the end of the first round. I think that's more hardship than what Peyton went through. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't talking about hardship. I was I was just making the the comparison that I do think part of Brady's legacy. I think a big part is. He has had the greatest head coach in the history of football on his sidelines for all 18 years of his NFL career. Now, look, he earned that job. He took that job away from Drew Bledsoe many moons ago. He has kept himself at an elite level into his early 40s here now. But I do think Belichick is part of this. I mean, look at Arnie. You you specifically, five weeks ago, oh, it's over. They can't. And here they are, 6-2, and two. Uh, and in complete control of the division, potentially playing for the number one seed, depending on what happens with KC. The only point I'm trying to make is that Bill Belichick does play a big role in Brady's success. I wish I could ask you this question yesterday, Oops. because now we know that Alabama won 29 nothing. So, you know, it was not much of a game at all. But where's the bigger hype? Uh, Green Bay, New England, were you more excited for the NFL game like that one? Or Rams and Saints, or were you more excited for an Alabama, LSU, or uh, you know a, a, a game like that one? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll be honest, and you know I love college football, Ernie, but I have seen the Alabama LSU thing happen too many times. Where right. I thought Alabama was going to cover the 14, I thought they were going to win pretty easily. Uh, I actually went on Ryan's show this week. I think my prediction was 38 to 10 was the final score. Wow. So I was I, the differential was about right. So. I expected a big result. So if if you had asked me even before the Bama game, I do think I would have said, honestly, I think the game I'm most excited about is Rams Saints. Now I, I would put Packers uh, Patriots ahead of Bama LSU, but Rams Saints is another one. There's there's a lot of good football on this weekend between the college and the pros. I'm more ex- well. I could see why you're more excited about Rams Saints. Obviously, to see if. The Rams win this one. They could maybe go 16-0. and Saints, after losing their first game, has obviously been on a great winning streak. I'm just more intrigued about the Packers well, after what happened last week against the Rams, and now they got to go to Foxborough, and they've got a tough stretch coming up. Is Aaron Rodgers going to be able to get a win in Foxborough? That's a tough. That's the toughest place to go ahead and win on the road. Yeah, th- that's kind of why I'm a little bit more intrigued by Rams-Saints because Rams have to fly across country, um, and I-, I think they could lose that game. With this game... As great as Aaron Rodgers is, I think we saw about as well as Green Bay can play for two, two and a half quarters last week, and the Rams still ran away with that game. Obviously could have covered that double-digit spread if Todd Gurley hadn't uh, fallen down on the on the goal line there. And so that's my only concern is did we already see the Packers' best game and if we did, what does that say about them having to now go to Foxborough? I know the the Rams are a better team than the Patriots right now. I just don't know that the Packers can can play at the level la- they did last week for a second straight week. By the way, I've heard talk show hosts complain, and not because of fantasy football or the spread or anything like that, that what Gurley did was a dumb decision. Um, I, I don't know how anybody can make that that case because they were up by two. 
you score a touchdown, you're up by eight. What happens if you miss the extra point, which is possible? Next thing you know, you're still up by eight. They can come down, score, get a two-pointer, and this game's tied. Arnie, I'm so with you. I didn't understand the idea of why that was. I, I thought it was uh, an incredible decision by Gurley. And by the way, I'm an idiot. I think I just said the Rams covered double-digit spread. Obviously, they didn't. They were on track to uh, to to make it double digits if they, uh, you know, whatever. But the point I'm trying to get to is I am with you on that. I thought it was an incredibly smart play yeah. by Gurley. We, you know, we talked the first hour. Why is Alabama so much better than everybody else? I think part of it is... Nick Saban prepares that team immaculately. Talk about preparation. That was something that Sean McVay had clearly gone over with his team. Hey, we're up by this much with this much to go. Even if it was just in the huddle before, Todd Gurley instinctively knew, I got to get down. You flip that with Ty Montgomery taking that ball out of the end zone when everyone's telling him to take a knee. It just shows you the importance of preparation, the importance of good coaching, I think it was great coaching by McVay. I thought it was a great decision by Todd Gurley. You know, this may be an obvious question, though. The over-under on both games, pretty close. I think one's 57-159. But do you expect a lot more scoring in the Rams-Saints than the Green Bay-New England game, or what? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, You know... uh, Because right now, uh, the... The yeah, the New England game, Green Bay New England is fifty six, fifty six and a half opened up at fifty seven and a half. Rams Saints fifty seven and a half, so it's pretty much right, exactly the same. Yeah, I almost wonder if we're expecting this shootout with Rams Saints. Now I'll say this is that we are, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And then I was gonna say is that if we're, it seems so obvious, you know, like like in Vegas, right? I mean. The way Vegas has success is we all look at a game a certain way. We all bet it a certain way. Vegas Runner talked last hour about the idea that everybody was on LSU as the number three team in the country of 14. So I almost wonder if this is one of those deals where everybody sees a shootout, Breeze versus Goff, the two maybe best offensive minds outside of Andy Reid in the sport and McVay and Peyton. I could see this one being a little bit more low scoring. I can't see New England Green Bay being as low scoring because I don't think Green Bay specifically and, and New England to a smaller degree has the guys on defense to stop the other right. one. So to me, it feels like Green Bay, New England more likely to be the, the high scoring one. This segment brought to you by Discover Card. We treat you like you treat you. Uh, Discover Card. We'll come back. We'll go through all the games in Week 9 in the NFL and also uh, go continue going over Green Bay, New England, Rams, Saints. Who do you like? Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius One. We'll get to all that when we get back right here on Fox Sports Radio. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more in car insurance? What does it mean? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Arnie Spanier. You want to get on in, Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Stinking Genius One. So go ahead and use that on Twitter. Uh, by the way, one story I wanted to get to in college we didn't bring up earlier. I guess the University of Texas, a little upset after West Virginia got the two-point conversion and went on to the victory. Uh, what do you think they did after the game, Aaron? You only get one guess. What does the winning team usually do after the game? They celebrate where? 50-yard line. The 50-yard line, and that hissed off Texas. 
because they were stomping on the logo and that oh. uh, got a little bit of bad you know, blood there. Why? What, what's with with the with the stomping on the logo every time a team wins? What's going on with that? What's with Tom Herman getting upset over everything? Get over yourself. <laughs> Remember last week against uh, Oklahoma State when they lost? Oh yeah, what was that about? He thought I think he thought that Gundy was getting in his players' face, and what ended up actually happening was that Gundy was trying to break up a fight between obviously his player at Oklahoma State and the Texas player. So Herman sprints out there with the chip on his shoulder yeah. and then they like they're like, no dude, like calm down. Like we got this. And it, it's just like I feel calm like down, we got this. Yeah. Like I just feel like every That's what I'm saying. It looked like he was ready to fight him as our producer just told us Ryan Dennis. Like and like Tom Herman, like worry about winning football games, man. You lost two in a row you're uh, whatever you are, seven and three right now. Just, just how about you beat somebody? Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing. Yes. How do you like that other, rant from me? Got me all fired up there, Arnie. Uh, and one other thing, uh, I was looking on Twitter. Thumbs up or thumbs down? You like the fives on the field uh, at LSU? You know where they go, the fifteen, <laughs> the twenty, the twenty. I, I kind of like it. I think it's different. I, I think more of schools should do that. As I watch uh, Boise BYU at the Boise Blue Turf. Yeah, I am all on board if you want to do something different. So I don't know why. Maybe because LSU they can't pass the ball. They do all they do is run it for two and three yards on every play. Uh, maybe that's why they have the five yard increments. But I have no problem with it. Does it distract you? Does it bother you? No, no. I I, I kind of enjoy it. It's a little bit different. So uh, I have no problem with that at all. By the way, uh, Washington State and Cal they are tied at thirteen. They're in the fourth quarter, just on the way. Uh, Washington State with the ball. We'll keep you updated. I'll let you know what's going on there. And Oregon State, USC, Trojans starting to pull away 38-21 over the Beavers. Uh, 442 left in that one. Now, over to the NFL. Uh, bottom line, Packers, Patriots, um, such a tough place to win on the road in Foxborough, especially going up against Brady. But the Patriot defense is not very good. They're going to probably miss Sony Michelle. Last game, they had to run... Um, uh, their wide receiver, who I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, Patterson, as their running back. Uh, I really think that the Packers keep this close to actually win the game. Very impressed with what they did against the Rams. Aaron Rodgers knows that they can't lose this game. They're 3-3-1 and and 0-3 on the road. They have to win this game. I like the Packers to, to pull off the upset. That's interesting because, um, you know, I look at it from the different perspective of the Packers obviously getting rid of Ty Montgomery this week. It, you know, look and Haha ha Clinton Dix and Haha ha Clinton Dix. I was going to get to him too, but like Ty Montgomery, he was for whatever he did as far as taking that ball out of the end zone. He was an important component of the, of the offense. Haha ha Clinton Dix, an important component of the defense. So to me, it's funny that you mentioned the guys that the Patriots are missing. I know that Mike McCarthy has had to spin, you know, he spun this publicly as, you know, we're just moving forward, trying to do whatever, make our team better. But I'm telling you, man, if you're a guy in that locker room, I mean, obviously maybe Aaron Rodgers is happy (laughs) that Ty Montgomery's gone. I mean, he was very vocal about it last week. They're not a better football team this week than they were last week. I don't like these moves. And it's funny that you bring up the guys that the Patriots are missing. I'm looking at the guys that the Packers are missing going into this. Yeah, but, you know, you got to understand Sony Michelle. Um, now a big part of that offense is the premier running back. Losing him uh, really, really is like a dagger. Um, also, there was like nine players uh, that were unable to play against Buffalo, and Gronk has really slowed down, or they've done a better job covering him. Uh, all that shows, and even though they beat Kansas City 43-40, um, shows that they're going to have trouble 
not only defensively, but I'm still not sold on them offensively because of all the injuries they have right now, Aaron. Well, I will say, you know, first of all, even though I know you've picked against the Patriots, I think nine straight weeks coming into this one. And I'm picking against them uh, this week, too. I I was going to say, so I don't know how much I should take to heart what you're saying about the Patriots here. Yeah. But I do think you are on to something. I mean, yes, they've won five in a row. They're sitting at six and two. Um, But you look at those wins. The Bills game obviously got sealed on that pick six, right? The Bears game came down to the final play of the game. The Chiefs game was down to a field goal final play of the game. And so I do think you're onto something in that even though the Patriots are sitting there with the 6 and 2 record best in the division, it hasn't been easy and these haven't really been blowouts in these recent wins. No, no. And right, right about Great point yep. by me. Uh, look at you. I'm a great point by me. Aaron underscore best. Torres. I'm at stinking genius one. If the Rams win tomorrow against the Saints on the road, They'll be favored in every game and probably favored in every game by at least three or more. Good chance. I don't want to say good chance. Decent chance. They could actually go 16-0. and 0. Would you be rooting for them to go 16-0 and 0 or, do you, or do you pull against them to go 16-0? and 0? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I'd root for them to go 16-0 and 0 because... Well, first of all, do you think, do you think they lose, to the, uh, lose or, or beat the Saints tomorrow? Well, you're going to spoil my segment here at the bottom oh, wow. of the hour. But uh, I actually do like the Saints in this one. Um, with so the do Ram- I. Yeah, and we can, you know, we'll talk about it, I'm sure, later in the show, but I mean, we can talk about it now, too, is Rams, I mentioned it to Vegas Runner in the second hour, but they're two out of their last three road games. Now, look, they blew out San Francisco, but uh, had to hold on against Seattle a few weeks ago. Denver, they beat 23-20. to That game wasn't necessarily as close as the final score, but it has been close. And the thing with the Saints is, like, everybody thinks that the Saints, it's all about the offense, Drew Brees. They are pretty good on the defensive side of the ball, specifically. Except week one. Except in week one, they won. Yeah. <laughs> Fitzmagic. Well, you get, yeah. I mean, Fitzmagic doesn't count, right? So, um, but, you know, they're good, especially against the run. And people think Sean McVay, this high-flying offense, it's Todd Gurley is the guy that makes that engine run. And so I think if you even slow him down a little bit, you get the crowd behind you. I do think that that's advantageous for the Saints, and I think it's the best opportunity they have to pull the upset. How do you have seven first-round draft picks uh, on your defense like the Rams do? How does that work <laughs> out for you? Is it seven or nine? I think it's seven, right? Well, they added Dante Fowler this week. I don't know yeah. exactly. By the way, you think, I know it's early, but a couple weeks they play the Chiefs. Do you think they'll be the favorite against the Chiefs? The, the Rams? Rams? Yeah. Uh, that game's in where? In Los Angeles? You know where that game is? How about this? It's yeah, in it's in Mexi- Los Angeles. It's in Mexico City. Oh, it's in Mexico City. The game of the year is in Mexico City, Arnie. How did they get so lucky down there? Can we flex it out of Mexico City? <laughs> yeah, we can't send them like Jags, Titans or something. I mean, London doesn't seem to mind getting the Jags every year. How did they get? Because it's funny, you know, I live here in Los Angeles. I saw it on the schedule. I said, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll try to check it out. I wonder what tickets cost. Well, I didn't, I didn't know I had to factor in flight and hotel, too, when the, the Rams played 10 minutes from where I live, but not that one. So Why did they do that? I I don't understand. That. And, that, of course, they didn't under- know that this was going to yeah. be the, the big game of the of the year. But, I mean, to think that you're going to go and, fl- you know, not flex out, but to put that out in, in another country, I, I'm perplexed. I don't know what to, to think of that. I wish they could go ahead and stop that, you know? Oh, yeah, no. And, and it's funny because, obviously, you want to expand the sport and global outreach and all that stuff. But, I mean, I, they must be kicking themselves in the league office right now. The game of the year is going to be uh, in another country. But that doesn't affect uh, ratings or anything like that, no. though, does it? 
No, it doesn't affect ratings. No, I, I can't imagine it would. I mean, I, I'd have to imagine, especially I believe it's either a Sunday night or a Monday night game, I would have to think that that's going to be maybe the highest-rated game of the year right up there with Pat's Chiefs, Pat's, uh, Pat's uh, Packers tomorrow. That one's going to be a big one. Wherever it's played, it's going to be a great one. But I do think if we if they do win this week— It's a Monday night game. It's a Monday night game. Yeah. I, I think that— I think we can start talking, is 16-0 realistic? Now, the Chiefs would be a monster game, but it's basically on a neutral field. So I think that this is obviously the toughest road test left for the Rams, and I think we'll probably start talking 16-0 potentially if they win. You think game. football fans would be pulling for the Rams to have a perfect 16-0 season, or they'd be pulling against them? Uh, I'll ask you, Arnie. I mean, it, with the Patriots, it was – so controversial, but it was because of they were the Patriots, right? Because it was Bill Belichick, because it was Tom Brady, because we were just coming. Because they may have been cheating too. I that was doesn't count. Right, just gonna it. say they were yeah. coming off Spygate. Do you think you know the Rams? They're kind of likable. Sean McVay, young guy. I don't know if people would be rooting for it or not. I haven't really thought that far ahead yet. I could imagine people being on both sides. Well, I, I, look, people want to see you go sixteen and zero, so they could root against you in the playoffs. And say, ah, you choked it away. You see what you did? Yep. No, That's I, what people want to see. Well, and I think, too, that they're so, like, they come together so quick, right? Is like all this, these last couple off seasons, I mean, to add Brandon Cooks, to add Marcus Peters, Akeem Tlaib, and Dominican Sue, I just feel like some people were like, man, this is too much too fast for them. I feel like people would be rooting against them, but I do think more people would be rooting for them than the Patriots a few years ago. All right, there's other games to look at at Week 9 of the NFL. We'll do that first, though. Let's check it with Sager and see what's trending, because we still got a couple of the Pac-12 games going on. What's up, Sager? Hello, and yes, it is a Monday night game in a couple weeks. Rams against the Chiefs, oh. and the Rams have to play one home game outside of Los Angeles. They can take away a home game until the Rams get their new stadium really? finished wow. in a couple of years. They played in London each of the last two years in Mexico. Mexico City this year, so the Rams will play a quote home game somewhere other than LA next year. You they know couldn't pick like the San Francisco game. That's or what I was thinking. <laughs> That's right. Well, uh, Chargers, for example, are the same thing. They're in a temporary place. The Chargers just played the London game. So yeah, Rams well, Chiefs in a couple weeks. Every game is a road game for the Chargers. Well, maybe so I just do the Packers still play in uh, Milwaukee every one, once no. a year or no? They no, they don't. That. In fact, I think it was Bud Selig himself who said only the Packers would have taken it that long and been that nice to Milwaukee to give them a home game hard to every get, year. I was going to say, hard to get ownership on the same page on that one, probably. Wow. <laughs> when you have 5,000 owners That's or right. All with worthless slips of paper, yes. We have the late uh, college football games, including number 8 Washington State, tied at home with 10 minutes to go, 13-all against Cal. Yeah, I'm pulling for them in this game because I want them to lose to Arizona. Uh, pulling for whom? Washington State, so they could be undefeated and they could, or they could have the the eighth ranking and then lose to Arizona. I think everybody in the Pac-12 is going to wind up with five losses this yeah, year. Could be. It's going to be, be a twelve-way tie for the lead. Ten minutes to go. Number twenty-three Fresno State up forty-one-three at UNLV. Final five minutes at Boise State. Broncos twenty-one sixteen over BYU. Late first half. Utah State trying to go to eight and one leads at Hawaii twenty-eight to three. Wow. The game on FS1 is over. USC. Wins 38-21 at Oregon State. And just a minute to go And San Diego State with 17 points fourth quarter has taken the lead at New Mexico 31-23. Number one, Alabama won at LSU 29-0. Number two, Clemson 77-16 over Louisville. 
Number four, Notre Dame won tonight at Northwestern, 31-21. Quarterback Ian Book with three total touchdowns. The Irish 9-0. They'll finish up the season at SC. Number five, Michigan beat up Penn State. 42-7 was the final. Wolverines led 14-0 late in the third quarter. Penn State with three turnovers, sacked five times. Michigan gets to play Rutgers and then Indiana the next two games. Georgia has already clinched the SEC East, and we already know their opponent will be Alabama for the conference title game to start December. They've each clinched divisions already. Georgia won at Kentucky 34-17. Bulldogs led 28-3 today late in the third quarter. Georgia is hosting Auburn next week. Somehow, Auburn won at home today. Two touchdowns in the last six minutes. Good good victory for them. Very much. 28-24 against number 20-ranked Texas A&M. Aside from those two late scoring drives, Auburn had under 150 yards of offense on the ground 21 carries 19 yards that was the winning team number seven oklahoma trailed early but still won 51 46 at texas tech tonight 10th ranked ohio state trailed nebraska at home in the third quarter but did beat them 36 31 ohio state three turnovers nebraska's two and seven now did have 27 first downs and 450 yards against the Buckeyes. Missouri upset number 11 Florida. Arizona State upset number 15 Utah. Purdue on a late field goal beat 16th ranked Iowa. I mentioned the Auburn win over 20th ranked Texas A&M. Also in that top 20 matchup, West Virginia wins at Texas 42-41 on a last minute touchdown and two point conversion. Phoenix Suns are in the process of buying out center Tyson Chandler. Reportedly, the Lakers will be signing him. Lakers nearly blew a 20-point fourth-quarter lead tonight, but did win at Portland, 114-110. And finally, NFL notes as the Arizona Cardinals release quarterback Sam Bradford. (laughs) He was on a one-year deal and made nearly $20 million this season. Good job. Good gig if you can get it. The Raiders cut defensive end Bruce Irvin. He made $8 million in base salary this year. The Bears place guard Kyle Long on injured reserve with a foot injury. Injury. Among those out for the weekend games, Dallas wide receiver Tavon Austin due to injury. Also Tennessee linebacker Derek Morgan. Bills good linebacker Tremaine Edmonds is out. Green Bay wide receiver Geronimo Allison is out for tomorrow night. And the Packers sign former Charger punter Drew Kayser. Back to you. All right, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios to Sager. Don't go anywhere for a second. It's easy to save 50% or more in car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 1-800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Did I just see something crazy in the Washington State game? What happened there? Did they fumble it out, running it for a touchdown and fumble it out of the end zone, or what, to say? Did I know I there was that? a sack while I was talking. The The craziest was earlier in this second half where there was a pick six in progress for oh, Washington yes. State. And the guy fumbled right before the goal line. The teammate couldn't get it in in the end zone, and they fumbled it through the back of the end zone for a touchback. It was going to be a pick six for Wazoo. That's why it's only tied wow. for them right now against Cal. Ten well, minutes left. Cal driving, so we will keep an eye on that and see what happens. Uh, Aaron Torres uh, per Adam Schefter. Derek Anderson ruled out of Sunday's game due to a concussion. Nathan Peterman gets the start against the Chicago Bears. The Bears are like a 10-point favorite on the road against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills just look hideous uh, against the Patriots, and they did a pretty good job defensively. I'm starting to like Mitch Trubisky, but he could only run so much. He's got to work on that passing. Uh, This is probably the ugly game of the weekend. Well, the Dolphins and Jets are playing, so. Oh, wow. That that one, uh, not going to be much better. Uh, I I am amazed. Like, like, I know that Derek Anderson is hurt. Josh Allen is hurt. 
Is there really no one? Didn't else? they just sign Terrell Pryor? Did they? I didn't even see that. I mean, yeah, I, I know as a wide receiver, but well, heck, yeah, I'd that, play him as quarterback. I don't care. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's got to be somebody. Is does it Christian Ponder? I mean, he's played with like 28. <laughs> I mean, he's he, he's going to get to all 30 teams here pretty soon. Is he? You want to mention Colin Kaepernick now, or do you just? Nah, think, we'll nah. stay away from that. I mean, it's late yes. night. Nobody wants to hear about that. But no, I mean, I don't know anybody. I, I'm getting stared at by our, our board op over here because uh, you know I talk talking yeah. Kaepernick. But yes, exactly. Um, the point is. No one can be worse than Nathan Peterman. I mean, he is pretty unwatchable. I'm trying to pull up his stats. Plenty here. good tickets for sale. I'm <laughs> selling that one, too. So I was going to say, yeah, Nathan You know, Pe- by the way, speaking about good tickets, uh, Chiefs-Browns, you can get in for as low as $24. Uh, nice. Browns going in a new direction, obviously. Uh, Chiefs now 7-1. and one. For some reason, though, I don't think it's going to be quite the blowout that people are expecting. I think the Browns kind of keep this one to the best. I feel bad for Baker Mayfield with all the changes now uh, for him to get some continuity. Did you hear what Hugh Jackson said yesterday, by the way? About that it's all about Baker Mayfield and that he... <laughs> yep. Well, go ahead. You you spill it out to everybody. Well, no, basically, yeah, long story short, he was on... Uh, Hugh Jackson was on somebody's TV show or whatever. Right. And they asked him about it. He was shocked that he got fired. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that. he was. And he basically said something to the effect of... Well, you know, I mean, look, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about Baker Mayfield. And uh, somebody basically said that, you know, the ownership, uh, Jimmy Haslam said that they thought it was, they wanted to get rid of the internal discord, get everyone on the same page. And so Hugh Jackson says, I don't know if it's about internal discord. I think that's a strong word. And then he goes on, you know, coaches, we have disagreements. And he said, look, I think when you stop and you look at it, it truly really is about Baker Mayfield. I think they want to do everything they can to put him in the, in a situation. I mean, you get the first pick in the draft, who I think is going to be a franchise quarterback, who's going to be a sensational player, but he's not playing well. The so he ne- throws Baker yeah. Mayfield under the bus, and he's not playing well. Aren't you the head coach? And by the way, weren't you calling plays in there for, yes. a, couple, for a couple games? Wasn't there? this the guy that wasn't sure that Baker Mayfield should be the starter, yet he's calling him a franchise quarterback, you know? He's calling him a franchise quarterback. He's saying he's not playing well. You were calling the plays. You were calling the plays. Yeah. Uh, look, so, I think Baker Mayfield at the end is going to be better for it, though in the immediate future. I think it's maybe some growing yeah. pains. I think the defense maybe keeps Cleveland in this game. You mentioned the Jets and the Dolphins. You really think that's an ugly game? Jets 3-5, and five, Dolphins 4-4. Four and four. Dolphins started 3-0, and oh, um, looked horrible uh, in their last game. Uh, right now, they need a win most de- desperately in they're going to get Osweiler as their quarterback, which I'm not so sure is not a better option than Tannehill right now. Well, that kind of tells you everything you need to know, right? I mean, yeah. if you have to go back to Brock Osweiler, that's one. Two, the Jets, as bad as they've been, they have been even worse on the road. I know they, they picked up that wild week one win against the Lions, and it's really basically been all downhill since then. I'm not sold on Sam Darnold. I'm not sold on this team. It's early on Darnold. I'm not necessarily like out on him. But the point is, I think this team's going to struggle, and I just think this is an ugly, sloppy game with the Dolphins. Lions are in Minnesota. Um, Lions, look, they're a hit or miss, but Minnesota at 4-3-1. and one. And when you lose to Buffalo, you should automatically be eliminated <laughs> from the playoff race. Uh, again, another <laughs> game here where Minnesota needs to win because they can't afford to fall uh, back down the 500. I think Minnesota's certainly underachieved from this year fi- so far. What do you think about that, Aaron? Yeah, I agree with you, Arnie. And I mean, if you look at their wins, as you said, four, three, and one. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, the last couple wins. First of all, as you mentioned, they lost the Bills, which 
is not very good, but not acceptable at all. Unacceptable. N- not acceptable. But they beat the of the four wins: the Jets, the Cards, the Eagles. Which whatever, they're the defending Super Bowl champs, but they're right. terrible right now. So they have not played well against the good teams. They lost to the Rams. They lost, um, you know, to the uh, Saints last weekend. Definitely underachieved. On the flip side, what I'm looking at is kind of the same thing we were just talking about with the Packers. If you're a, a part of the Lions right now, how are you looking at Matt Patricia after he just traded your top wide receiver? Um, look, I understand that it's not a popular move, but it's moves that I think are going to benefit them in the long run, and it's not like they were going to go ahead and, and compete for a Super Bowl now. So um, I really don't have much problem with that, to be honest with you. I want to get to one more game. Before we get to the break, that's Atlanta against the Redskins. Are you buying into the Redskins at five and two that they got a hold on that AFC? Excuse me, that NFC East. And by the way, uh, you talk about the one team that needs a win or their season's done. Uh, that's the Atlanta Falcons. Well, the Falcons are done. We could just. We could oh just, no, not yet. Are they? Are they done it yet at three and four? Well, the problem with the Falcons is I just think that division is so good at the top. I, that's I don't. True. You know, I mean, in theory, they could make a little run here. But Two I wild cards from that division last year, but you're not getting a wild card at three and four right now. Well, and that's what I was going to say is yeah. I don't think that they're going to. I don't think that either the Panthers or the Saints is going to lose enough. Uh, as far as Washington, I mean, I like them just because I don't like anybody else in that division, right? I mean, I, I Cowboys. I mean, look, Cowboys in their defense, they still haven't lost at home yet. So I mean, they're they're right on pace for eight and eight, I guess. But um, Eagles are miserable. Maybe they pick it up in the second half of the year. The Giants are miserable. I like this. I like the Redskins just because I don't like anybody else in that division. All right, we'll come back. We'll give our picks as we finish out the show. Uh, that is coming up next. Aaron Torres, Arnie Spanier, here on Fox Sports Radio. All right, become a new card member. Discover card will match all the cash back that you've earned, dollar for dollar, at the end of the year of your first year. That is. So learn more at discover.com/slash/match. Limitations uh, do apply. Coming up at the top of the hour, our buddy straight out of Vegas with R.J. Bell, Bernie Fratto. Um, by the way, Aaron, I sent R.J. a, uh, a little uh, message uh, because I said, you know, he talks about guys on his show like uh, Hayseed Hank and uh, Fanny Pack Fred, you know, kind of like uh, people that bet like the regular Joes. I said, what do you call the wife? That when you make your bet and you're down seven nothing, she starts screaming at you. Oh my goodness! How could you take the Raiders? Oh my goodness! You're the worst better. Oh my goodness! Stop betting against the Patriots. You do that every week. You're biased against them. Stop it. What do you call that person? I, I said what? Charlie Brown's teacher? Uh, babbling Betty? I don't know. Eileen? I, it's killing me there, Aaron. It's killing me. Did he give you an answer? Yeah, he was just laughing about it, but he's like, "Yeah, when we all bet bad teams, it just takes its toll on us." I want you to well, know, it just it destroys us. I will say, in defense of your wife, uh, yeah. you have picked against the Patriots eight weeks in a row, and they're six and two I, right now. So. Y- you sound like my wife now. Okay, uh, give me a little music, put me in the mood, let me give you my picks because I feel good. Do you know I'm like in fifth place in the Fox Sports Pick'em contest? So, uh, of course, I'm all for one for the week because I did take the Raiders. Dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, but I'm back on track because I said, I'm betting against the Patriots again. How about that? That's a shocker. Green Bay looks so good against the Rams. Their back's against the wall. I believe they do it again, this time against the Patriots, who defense very suspect 
give me the Packers uh, plus five and a half. But I actually think they win the game. That's upset special number one. I don't want the five and a half. I don't need the five and a half. I'll take the five and a half. Packers to beat the Patriots. That's pick number one, Aaron. Well, I will take the Patriots straight up because you just picked against them. And I <laughs> just fading you. I have a pretty good track record with the Patriots. But I will say... I will say a lot of these Patriots games have been closer than people realize. The Bears game came down to the final play. Patriots game got sealed on a defensive touchdown last week. Because of that, I'll take the Pat, uh, the Packers to cover, but the Patriots to win outright. Um, the Miami Dolphins should be thoroughly embarrassed the last two weeks, losing to the Texans and to the Lions. Matter of fact, the Texans look like a juggernaut compared to that Dolphin defense. Dolphins have lost four of their last five with the only victory against the Bears, and that was a lucky win. But I think they get back on track in this one. They've got 10 days to prepare. They're at home. Uh, Darnold on the road. Give me the Dolphins, small price, minus the three against the Jets. Yeah, I don't talk about minor league football on this show, so I'll skip skip Dolphins-Jets. I will go to Minnesota-Detroit. Couple things at play here. One, I think Detroit, I I have to imagine it's hard to be in that locker room after trading Golden Tate best uh, receiver on your roster. The other thing to factor in with Minnesota, we talked about how they are in the division race. They need this game, Arnie. Three of their next four after this. How do you like this? At the Bears, Packers at home. How about this as a four? At the Bears, Packers at home, at the Patriots, at the Seahawks. Ouch. That is massive. If they do not win this weekend, the season is over. They win. They cover the seven points. Oh, I'm taking the Lions plus the five. It's only five now. It's down to five. Oh, okay. Everybody taking the Lions. My last pick. Oh, my goodness. It could be the game of the weekend, even though everybody's concentrating on the Packers and the Patriots. I'm taking the Saints to end the undefeated bid for the Los Angeles Rams. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. I can see it 38-35. Give me the Saints in this one. I agree with you that the Saints pull the upset. I do not agree that it's high scoring. I think the Saints' run defense is better than people realize. The Rams rely on the run more than people realize, but Rams have struggled to a degree on the road, closing out teams. They suffer their first loss tomorrow in New Orleans. I'll take the Saints straight up. I'll take them to cover, and the Rams' undefeated season is over. There you have our picks. Do them as you please, but remember, they're strictly for entertainment purposes only. By the way, I heard on a side note, Justin Turner, thank you, shaved his beard. Is that true? I'm going to have to see pictures of that. I can't imagine uh, without his beard, Aaron, so I uh, I, want to see pictures of that. Yeah, well, I I guess he decided that uh, until Dave Roberts was fired, he was, oh, never mind. How is he still have a job, Arnie? Stop it. Uh, Cal, Washington State tied at 13. Washington State missed a field goal, but they got the ball back on their own 30 with 2.39 left. We'll see who wins that one. Uh, Thanks to Ryan Dennis, Steve DeSager, Bobo, straight out of Vegas next here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.